Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage, and with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. Hello, hello, hello. Ooh, that was seductive. Sultry. It was, (laughs) yeah. And we have our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. Hey, guys. Guys, stop talking. Stop. Hush, hush, (laughs) hush. We have guests. We have guests this week, multiple with an S. Whoa. Yeah, we have two guests. Multiple with an S. Yes. (laughs) Multiple. Guys, we have the co hosts of the Thereafter podcast, which I'm so excited about. (sighs) Me too. Uh, We have Cortland Coffee and Megan Crozier. Yeah. Crozier. You got it. Hell yeah. Uh, On our podcast. Hey, guys, how's it going? It's great. It's going good. Well, I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm really. You guys are like, yeah. I'm stoked. Where is something? <laughs> There's a vibe. There's a often vibe. we leave ourselves mm. speechless as well. So <laughs> you're in good company. I love that he just like you guys are, and he's like, I'm not gonna say it. Like I can't. <laughs> you guys are trying to play it off at, uh, a lot. I, like, I was no, going to lot. say that like it, like like I think our podcast is fun. But it's a different vibe when you're just like hanging out and like having like we have fun on our podcast, but like it's usually like a bit more serious. So it's fun to be goofy and fun. And uh, I'm excited. Well, that's actually a great transition because I wanted to talk about your podcast because I feel like your podcast is way more important than our podcast (laughs) based just solely on like the guests that you've had. Like you guys are having like important conversations. You guys do have a lot of fun, but we're over here doing stupid jokes they have and... real important conversations we have real important bits that's very true that's very <laughs> well true. It, it's it's well different said. but but it's just as important like having fun is just as important as having important conversations and, and what makes our podcast is our guests i mean you said it and it mm. is true like we've had we just have incredible guests right meg and yeah, that's yeah, all because of Megan, because she does all of our schedules. Oh, shut up. That's all nice. of our it is. It is. I if if I was in charge, I we would have like Megan would be was this on. show. You, you would be <laughs> <laughs> Megan was on season one of, of Thereafter before she was a host, and she was a guest. Like when it, when did I ask you to be on the show? Like three hours before we recorded. I was like, Can you record an interview with us? Yeah, I was one of those people that like she's probably gonna be available last minute. <laughs> she probably doesn't have anything going on. And I was like, All right, let's do it. You were like, I was like when? opening and I was like, microphone in two out hours? of the packaging. oh man it was great to be fair though like i feel like every creative project like like you need to have that balance so like tj and i have no idea what the fuck we're doing and then josh like handles all the grown-up shit of like an idea of what i'm (laughs) doing it's just a weird thing that i'm doing and it doesn't make any sense that's true so uh tell us about the Thereafter podcast. What are you guys? What are you guys doing on there? Ooh, or tell our tell our audience, tell our guests. So we um, have people come on. They share a lot of their stories. It usually moves into some kind of topic of an area that our guests might be an expert on. Sometimes Cortland and I will do an episode. Um, Cortland and I hang out a lot. We're really good friends, and so. We chat a lot about life and deconstruction and, and things like that. And so there'll be something that keeps coming up and we'll be like, hey, let's let's do an episode on that. Let's hit record for that conversation. So I don't know. It's 
it's a good time. And I think that the interesting thing is people kind of comment on, you know, these meetups that we did a meetup last June and and we connect um, with some other creators. And I think that that has opened up an opportunity for us to connect with other people in this space. And that's been really good because we've built some really solid, strong relationships with, with other creators that have been a blast to just collaborate and, you know, throw around ideas and things like that. So I yeah, don't know. That's Portland, so what? cool. Yeah. I mean, a big, uh, like we're trying to have conversations that are important and helpful and but the biggest part of like why we're doing thereafter is is to create connection and community, um, because you know I mean I I I grew up in church I was in ministry for years uh, professional Christian that sort of thing, and then I deconverted and I spent two years just like sitting on my couch smoking weed going oh what the fuck, and then. <laughs> Wait, are we allowed to swear? We're allowed oh, to hell that? yeah. Is that okay? okay. Hell okay, cool. yeah. I just- <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I was like, I, I feel like there is a need for me to connect with other people who share my experience. And, and I realized that there was, I mean, there's a ton of people doing this and creating podcasts and community and, 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 and I just wanted to be a part of it. So that was the origin of thereafter is like, okay, after you're out of this thing that kind of consumed your life, where can you find connection? Like I got into politics for a while and like, that was a shit show, like as much of a shit show as church was, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I need like another outlet to like connect with people and be able to create community. So that's, I mean, for me, like that's what thereafter is about and what like everything that I'm doing online is about. Yeah. Well that, I mean, cause like the way that I connected with, with both of y'all was on Twitter. So I've been like a, Twitter lurker for like 13 years or something, but it was, uh, it was really cool. Cause, uh, we had Mason on the podcast mm. a few months oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. He's like Twitter, then, like royalty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then I started seeing like, like you guys sort of being part of this community of people online. And it was, it's just like incredibly, it's been really cool just, just to, see people that have the same sort of cultural experience like expressing themselves online and yeah that's what what like really drew me to you guys and ultimately wanting to have you on our show because our whole thing is taking these albums that like as musicians who grew up in christianity taking these albums that as christians like like this core christian group just accepted these albums as like, this is the best music possibly made because it's Christian. And then everyone else kind of wrote it off because it's Christian. And then going back now that we're, our music brains have sort of evolved and, and seeing if any of this is any good. And some of it has been fucking great. Like, (laughs) like we've done Reliant K and Switchfoot and we've also done, Mercy me, mercy me, and that music was not great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just really fun to connect with people that that sort of share that that way of growing up. I guess. Yeah. So so I wanted to ask you guys, like, what is your experience with like Christian music from the '90s and 2000s? I I can jump in. I I was 
I, has anybody heard of Cornerstone Christian Music Festival? Okay. Has anybody heard of Cornerstone? <laughs> yeah, what, I mean, what kind of a fucking question it, what, is that? Yeah, what wait, podcast wait, do you think you're Okay, on? but I lived like an hour and a half from Bushnell, okay. Illinois, where it was. And so what? me, I was what? like, I didn't know if it was just like, oh, this is like in my backyard. So this is like camp for me. Or if everybody had heard of Cornerstone. I'm so I never got of you. to Cornerstone. And I am still like, it's one of my biggest life regrets. I mean, really? I Cornerstone was, it, was, it was a Christian warp tour. You and me. It was like, it was, okay. it was, it was like the last year when Five Iron played at Cornerstone the last year before mm-hmm. Cornerstone was over and Five Iron was over. Like I like, when that was happening, there was no internet. There was no Twitter. I mean, there was internet. Sorry, I'm not that old. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. But there wasn't the kind of internet. <laughs> there, there wasn't the kind of internet we have now. And like, I so much FOMO. Yeah, Cornerstone. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. yeah, I went to Cornerstone in high school. And that's where I got into all the bands. My first concert was Audio Adrenaline. Um, went mm-hmm. to a Christian college. And they would have week 26. They would call it the week after spring break where they would bring in they brought in Grits. They brought in Jennifer Knapp. They brought in Grits. Jars of Clay. I know. Grits was like yeah. my jam. Like I, I loved Grits. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I, I grew up with all of that. Um, I listened to secular music too. Um, I'm a huge Ani DeFranco fan. She is so not evangelical. Oh, cool. I laugh when I think about, wow, I was listening to these lyrics when I was Edgy. like 16. Yeah. But yeah, it was... It was a huge part. I, and did you guys see when we had our, our Zoom CCM karaoke night? Yes, I saw. No. I, I want to do it. Like, dude, that. it was Very so badly. fun. We want to have another <laughs> one soon. We were hoping to have we a date to, to promote here, but um, I I need to work some things out okay. with a couple. Well, we artists. should we should we should talk about doing some yeah, sort of uh, cross promotion thing because this is yeah, like we, our whole thing. We, that would like, be we're amazing. Here for it. But Corlin, <laughs> Megan had John Steingard come on and he sang a song, yes. and Derek uh, came on and sang. Derek Rich Webb came uh, on. It was, oh, cool! It was, but it I'm I'm having lunch with Derek on Sunday, so I will ask him about this. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Cool, just like no big deal. You just have just a, just having lunch with Derek, Derek Webb. No big deal. Does he live up it's there? It's a Pacific Northwest guy. No, she's going to be in Nashville. I'm going to be in Nashville. Oh, I didn't mean God. it to Hanging say. out with the Christian music at least. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just gonna, okay, fun fun fact. When we first started this podcast three years ago, he was the first person that I messaged to be like, hey, oh, yeah, that's right. I know you get these messages a lot. You want to be on our podcast? <laughs> and did he come? No, no, but that's okay. It's okay. We've had. We've had Maybe he will now. Yeah. What about John? Did you ask John Steingart? I have not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Twenty twenty three is our big year, though. There you go. Year, we're gonna do it. Okay, so you're having lunch with Derek just casually. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the connection there is, uh, he works. He works part time for. He's a creative. I think he's like a creative director for Grace Point Church in Nashville, and I'm Mm -hmm. good friends with some of the people on staff there, and so. Derek was actually in town in Portland doing a show last weekend. And so Ooh. it's all, yeah. And so I'm preaching at Grace Point next on Sunday. So it all is that that's the connection. Megan there. is a real Christian. She still preaches in everything. Yeah, <laughs> but Corlin, you didn't tell your story with CCM because your CCM was more emo than mine. Let's I go. was like, you know, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Knapp, I, and you weren't that. <laughs> well, like I had that moment. Like I grew up on Christian music. Uh, I definitely like was like the kid at the Christian bookstore with the mat that was like, if you like, you know, this, then check oh, out yeah. this. Oh, uh, yes. I had, did you guys remember uh, uh, Norma Jean when they first came out? They 
came out under the name Ludic Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Yeah, Ludicrous. Well, so so we did the we did the their first record. We talked all about Ludicrous. Okay. We love Ludicrous over here. Yeah. I got that album at my Christian bookstore. I remember Deep that cut. album. Wow. Hold uh, on. What what OJ was again. the name of your Christian bookstore for people playing the CGN drinking game? It was it was I don't it was like family Christian. It was that an was independent mine, family, family Christian, Christian book. Take a drink, yo. Gift yep. or something everyone like everyone that. listening, take a drink. <laughs> Um, and so, I mean, I grew up on all kinds of CCM music and we'll talk a little bit about like Jars of Clay was early on, mm-hmm. uh, yep. for me. And, but then I got super into Five Iron Frenzy. Five Iron Frenzy was kind of my gateway into more, uh, alternative Christian music. I went to see them and I grew up in Kansas city and I saw them at this little venue called, I think at that time it was called new earth cafe. And it was run by a church. It was like a ministry venue. I don't know. That sounds a little not not kosher yeah, it's for a little, the it's a little uh, evangelicals. New Earth, new heaven, right? new earth, <laughs> new heaven, new earth. Right. Uh, so okay, okay. The name I think to Main Street Cafe recent, like shortly after that. Um, but it was a little venue. It, it it ran in the basement of an old church. Go ahead, Kylan. I've played there. You played at Main Street Cafe. Main Street Cafe. Yes, I played there when no I was in high way. school. Yes. How old are you? Uh, I am, how old am I? 30, remember. 32. So no I, fucking way. Even yes. When you were in high school. Dude. Yes. So I, I might've been there. You might've <laughs> been meet there. Denise? I hope you were. <laughs> yes. 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 You know. Okay. Yes. Jesus. This was like a whole exactly. thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this, the, right. this, this is a conversation for another time. But yes, I have played there. I think, okay. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Y- you asked about, um, on Twitter recently about uh, seeing bands before they blew up. And I mentioned that uh, I opened for Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke was on that show. It was at Main Street Cafe in Kansas City. This is insane. Wild, (laughs) wild. So, So I started going to Main Street like twice a week. Uh, I was going to every show. So Denise, who ran that venue, she used to do this thing where if you brought food for the bands, you yes, come yes, that was the whole thing. Yes, eat with the bands, right? And so I had dinner with like me without you, the guys from Showbread, like multiple like mm. of my heroes becoming the I- archetype. I'm trying to think mm. of other bands that played there. Bradley Hathaway played a show there. Oh yeah, uh, and so like I that was my moment where I got into this scene where I had grown up Southern Baptist. I had grown up like super, super conservative. And then I discovered main street cafe and I discovered that there was this huge scene of music that was, you know, quote unquote Christian, but cool as fuck. And I, yeah, I got super into that, that scene. Oh, that's so, so I, I basically that's lived so it. That bit. That's crazy. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. Cause I remember the whole thing was like feeding the bands and, and we went up and, and opened for cool hand Luke, dude, that's so rad. Wait, <laughs> I have to ask a band question because okay. there's a, a niche band. And I don't know if it's niche or niche, but I say niche. There's a niche band that I saw the last year I went to Cornerstone that nobody's ever heard of called Madison Green. Have you, do you guys ever talk about them? No. Do you know who they are? I don't know who that is. No. They were like a hippie band. They played like djembes and they had dreads. They were just this like. So like Salters. Salters. Big, they were. <laughs> yes. Come on, man. They were like. um In a big black bus. They were like a jam band. 
They're like a Christian jam band. Uh, anyway, okay. That's awesome. so rad. Never mind. We got we, we to cover like, them. No, let's do yeah. it. Like, let's have you back on and we'll cover them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it. you know what? I have their CDs. They're not, I don't, you can't find them streaming anywhere. Like, I, I'm that's like, okay. these are the last CDs on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Protect them. Oh, that's so rad. Okay. Oh man, I'm just like I'm like sweating. I feel like it's like it feels like a first date. I feel like I'm like meeting my people. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is amazing. That's, that's uh, awesome. I oh, love that's that. so cool. That's so cool. Okay, that was some great background on you guys. So now let's talk about uh, the album that we're gonna cover tonight: Jars of Clay. Why did you guys uh, want to cover Jars of Clay? First of all, how has this album not been covered on your podcast already? (laughs) Well, we're trying to, we're trying to, so we started out, our very first episode was Jesus Freak by DC Talk, and then Take Me to Your Leader by Newsboys, and we're trying to, like, kind of space out some of the, like, bigger records, and and we want to, like, have some, like, fun people on to cover these records, because I feel like we did it, we did quite a few big ones, like at the start and then you know we don't want to like like blow our wad in the first yeah. like 10 episodes yeah. so, understood like, understood you know. can i just say that i sang karaoke jesus freak with john steingard last june in portland <laughs> there's That's a video so floating where? around twitter of this somewhere where were in you? portland at, we, when uh, we did our meetup john came to our meetup and we all we, we did this day of great conversation and then we all went out for karaoke afterwards john and i are pretty good friends and then I was like, John, we have to sing Jesus Freak. And and if you see the video, I call him out after like after I watched it, because I was like, he didn't do any of the rapping. I was doing all the rapping. And he was just <laughs> like, What would people say? You know, and he's like, I didn't know that song. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember oh. exactly what that place is called. I think it's called Kitten Club or the Baby Kitten, kitten Club. Kitten. Or something. Yeah. Kitten, Baby Kitten, kitten Club. Club. Yeah. Baby Kitten Club. Yeah, Something, Baby yeah, Kitten no, Club. It it's in Portland, and, and it is the coolest karaoke place I've ever been to. They have, like, like l- songs that you would never see at another karaoke place. I sang uh, <laughs> Breakfast in Hell, Newsboys. Oh, they yeah. had it. Dang. They had That's it. That's amazing. They had, they, they had so many. They, they pride themselves on, like, having their own catalog of karaoke, like, yeah. trap. They had Ani Franco. That are, <laughs> like, indie or, yeah. like obscure so like if you want to sing obscure karaoke baby kitten club it was it was so fucking cool oh, and we this is on power i know yeah. this i've driven past this spot a million times i've never it's been a cool in spot once. i gotta go it it, it I, is super fun i feel like i derailed us because he had kylan asked why how he chose this <laughs> album and then i started talking about karaoke but um <laughs> it's all what jars of clay is so important in this like music scene like and you guys haven't done any so i wouldn't have picked we picked the the is it self-titled is that the album yeah 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 so we picked the self-titled if i was picking i would have picked is it if i left the zoo when i left the zoo oh no that was that's that's the album i'm most familiar with me too and it's it's yeah. such a good album. Oh, because so you incredible. guys are young. I <laughs> We're younger than Megan. Yes. Yeah. Megan, no, how I'm old 41. are you? Forty-one. That that okay. self-titled album is like my bread and butter of quintessential. Cool. Yeah. Oh my yeah, word. It, it, yeah. This album has a uh, flood on it, though, right? Mm-hmm. That's oh like, yeah. That's if like I the the swim after forty. The like quintessential my, Jars of Clay. My song. partner didn't yeah. grow up evangelical, and Jars of Clay is the only band that he ever has heard of. Wow. <laughs> 
They hold up. That makes sense, good. though. That makes like, sense. Like, they, they are good lyrically, musically. Jars of Clay uh, is a good band. I'm excited. Oh, okay. You're going on record with that, Cortland? Yeah. On record. I, All right. I, I mean, we'll have to go. I'll have to go back and listen. We'll see. That's the point of this. Okay, so let's kick it over <laughs> exactly. to beautiful producer Josh really quick to, to talk about the album <laughs> a little bit. So, Josh, what do you have for us? All right, so let's talk about the band. They're originally from, well, they met, I'll say, in Greenville College in Greenville, Illinois. They started in 1993, and they're still going today. They haven't been very active lately, it seems like. But what's cool is that they have had the same four members their entire career. Wow. But they've never had an official drummer. I think some of the guys like really? can play drums and stuff like that, but I think they've never had like official like drummer on the books that I know of. Hmm. So I'm going to go through the members right now. I was just looking over my notes, and if I don't draw from you talking you two to me enough, uh, I think I'll return <laughs> to that well, that maybe we can do like the bit where they change up the members' names, like how... Perfect. Adam Love Clayton it. was Adam Clay, 2,000 pounds. Uh, but on vocals, <laughs> percussion, and melodica, we have Dan Hasseltine, or Dan Ovaltine, maybe if you will. I don't know. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, please. You guys are going to tell me on this next one of Charlie Lowell. He does piano, organ, accordion, keys. Charlie Loud. Charlie Loud. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Mason, uh, Stephen Merchant. I don't know whoever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar, vocals, bass, uh, and a bu- everyone plays a bunch of things in this band. So it's like they're all, I feel like, all play guitar, sing, or whatever. They're like very. Dan Hasseltine is like the main vocalist, but everyone else is just kind of doing piano. Charlie's the pianist, and then Steven Mason and then Matt Oddmark are doing guitars as well. Oddmark. Ardvark. Matthew Ardvark. Matt Ardvark. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Uh, and then he's not in the band right now, but he played on this record. Tim Smith. We'll give a shout out to Tim. He played drums on this record. This is their first album that was released October 24th of 1995. So it's, at the time we're recording, it's 27 years old. This was their Dang. debut record, and they hit the ground running with this thing, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released on Essential Records, which is under Sony. Mm. The producer for this, most of the songs are credited as Jars of Clay, but Liquid and Flood are credited as being produced by Adrian Ballou. I don't know how to say his last name. But yeah, I think Blues, right? Okay, cool. But he very famously played guitar for Frank Zappa, David Bowie, Talking wow. Heads, Paul Simon, Nine Inch Nails. He was in King Crimson. Hmm. And he also produced Kevin Max's first solo record, Stereotype B. So wow. he's got to be the hey. most acclaimed producer we've talked about on the show. Yeah, I mean, no kidding. How do you beat that, that lineup mm-hmm. on your resume? So that's pretty cool. Obviously it worked because he produced Flood and Flood was what it is Mm. yeah (laughs) the charts for this record on billboard 200 it debuted at number 46 which is super high wow wow obviously uh it was number one on billboard christian it at the time of recording is ria platinum twice wow which means it sold two million units uh it went platinum the first time it took 316 days for it to sell one million units and get the first platinum status that's and then this has like so many of their most streamed songs. I mean, like, I would say they've had a lot of albums and a lot of really good albums and changed their sound a lot. But I mean, I feel like this is like the quintessential, mm. most popular Jars of Clay record. Yeah. Yes. So this has all their like biggest hits on it. So that's all that I've got. Dang. That's so crazy. It's a big record. Yeah. This is a big record. I'm excited we're finally covering it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thank you guys for bringing this record. 
to us. Yes, Jars of Clay has been like a missing piece in all the Mm -hmm. albums and like the artists that we've covered. So when y'all settled on that, I was really stoked. I yeah. saw the gap right away. Like I was yeah. looking yeah. at the list, and I'm like, "Where? Like, yes, yeah. Where's There's no Jars of Clay. Yeah. You're like, obviously, Jars yeah. of Clay should be covered. Jars of Clay was my first concert. Okay, I was oh. just no about to ask, way. have any of y'all yeah. seen them live? Yeah, yeah my them. first concert. Yeah. Wow, how my old first were you? Concert. That, like eleven, wow. twelve. <laughs> cool. Something I was like in that. high school That's when that came, when that album came out. I was in high school. Nice. Are you Curlin's laughing? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was. I, I think I was like twelve, and it was probably right around the time. I think if I left the zoo had just come out when I saw them, and I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember uh, exactly how Starlight Theater in Kansas City is where I saw them on on a big. I saw them plus one opened up for the oh, oh plus one. I want to know what era oh, that was. Oh, yes, oh, right. Yeah. That's a that's a deep cut right there. That's a beautiful show. I saw him at Cornerstone probably more than once on the main stage. Um, I'm pretty sure I had a T-shirt of them. Um, I also had a T-shirt from Cornerstone that said "Poop on Satan," which I used to wear proudly in high school because I was so cool. But that's a different. But then, and I think I saw them. I lived in Springfield, Illinois. I'm sure they came through it. Like at least, or maybe you know where I saw him? Wheaton. I saw him at Wheaton College when I was in college. They came through Wheaton. Yeah, how far? is from where you lived from Greenville, Illinois. So I know people that went to Greenville. I knew, like, I, I was going to interrupt, but you sounded so professional when you were giving the stats. But I was I, when you said, and they went to college, I almost said I knew Greenville. Nice. nice. How far is that from you, from where you Maybe grew up? Maybe an hour and a half, because it's not okay. far from St. Louis, Missouri, too, I think. And so there's, if I'm remembering all the geography, but right. yeah. So they were like, just like a down-the-street hometown band. Yeah, like a local band, you. almost. Oh, well, you know, I wouldn't say that I like heard about them sooner because I lived in Illinois. I think um, I kind of heard about them with everybody else. I heard Flood on the radio Mm. with everyone else. Sweet. Gotcha. All right, guys. Well, okay. We have two things left to do in this part A. We have to do our flopper bot predictions. But before that, I like to play games whenever we have a guest on. Usually what I'll do to make a game is I'll come up with either a pun or a portmanteau, and then the game kind of falls in place after it. So for instance, we've done Switch Foot Loose, where I gave lyrics that were either from a Switch Foot album or from the musical Foot Loose. I've done Uh. Newsies Boys, which (laughs) is either from the musical Newsies or from the band Newsboys. There are a couple others that I'm, I'm so excited I, already. I, Sorry, to, go I ahead. can't remember. Okay, yeah. so the thing is, I just love games. I love trivia. CJN listeners, take a drink because I'm talking about how I used to host a trivia night. The fun thing about this is that it does not matter. Everything's made up. It, it's very nebulous. So the game that I came up with, uh, TJ, help me with the title. I did. Jar jars of clay. <laughs> But the uh, game is okay. Great. Okay, so the game is. Uh, I found Amazon reviews of either Jars of Clay, uh, various CDs, or the movie Phantom Menace. And so I'm gonna need everyone. Are they VHS uh, or DVD reviews of the, the DVD? Specifically, okay. need to get that DVD. specific. Yeah, yeah. So I'll ask a question. It's gonna be five questions. 
Everyone gives their answers, and then I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Doesn't matter. But, you know, I think it's pretty fun. So here is Jar Jars of Clay, Amazon <laughs> reviews of either Jars of Clay or The Phantom Menace. Uh, question one. This is a one-star review. Boring and uninspired. A waste Phantom of my Menace. money and time. <laughs> All right. So what's everyone's answers? I you can't believe Phantom you Menace. went for this for question on one. one. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know, Did you weigh in? No, no, I haven't yet. I was waiting for All everybody right. else. All right. I want to. I, I want to I see what the audience says. Yeah. Wait, All is right, it everyone wait. or is it just Coraline? No, it's that? everyone. It's everyone. Oh, okay, yeah, come on. Great. You said you said Phantom Menace, Megan. Yes. I'll go Phantom Menace too. The waste of money. That's okay. Phantom Menace. And boring. I mean, <laughs> yeah. have they heard Flood? Come on. Okay. That's not I mean, boring. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, guys. All right, TJ, what do you think? I don't know, man. Gen Z thinks that the prequel trilogy is like the best trilogy that exists. So True. Jars of Clay or Phantom Menace? Boring and uninspired. <laughs> A waste of my money and time. I'm kind of enjoying not knowing. That's more fun to me. So that's why I'm okay. not answering. I'm not I'm like I'm, gonna I'm say holding Phantom up Menace. the whole process. All right. So Cortland's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna join the crowd. Yeah. All right. Minute, if Cortland's joining the crowd, then I'll be the contrarian. I'll say it's a Jars of Clay album review, but I think I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that was that was a review of the Phantom Menace. Yeah. So everyone got a point except for TJ. <laughs> hey. All right, here we go. Question number two is another one star review. <laughs> oh wait, no, wait, wait. Oh my god, you guys. I this is this is the first time in CGN first history time. I've messed up. That was a review for Jars of Clay. Yeah. Oh, oh. I got it right. Oh, dang. Yes. DJ got one wow. point. Yes. Boring and uninspired. A waste of my money and time is an actual Amazon <laughs> review for the first Ooh. Jars no. of Clay record. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I didn't man. never trust. I, I bet, I bet they right. love Phantom Menace. Can I make I one point be though? Because yes. Amazon came out. Amazon came out like 15 years after that album came out. So whoever's ordering that album on Amazon. Okay, that's... I, I'll yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure this review is from 2012. I mean, didn't Phantom okay. Menace also wow. come out in like 2000? Okay, I went to Phantom Menace either. at midnight the day it yeah. came out. And I, I, it was 1999. There you um, go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so like also they're buying Phantom Menace. Yeah. Okay. No, sorry. <laughs> this review this review is from 2003. True, TJ. Oh, that's interesting. Oh yeah. shit. Boring Wait. and uninspired, Later. a waste of money and time. Okay. Amazon wow. existed in 2003? It's, Hell yeah. yeah it, it was did. like late 90s, I think. Yeah. Old. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Question number 2. It's another one-star review. False teachings that are against God. That's the entirety of the review. I want that to be a <laughs> review of Phantom Menace. That sounds I way more do fun. I kind of do, too. <laughs> all right, all right. So what's everyone right. saying? Megan, what are you saying? Hold on. This is so much fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will also say Jars of Clay. They're going to say Jars of... But wait. Okay. Okay. False teaching, though? False teachings Explain that are against God is, is the entirety of the review. And it's one I, star. One star. I'm going to say Jars of Clay because I'm pretty sure my dad left that review. <laughs> yeah, okay. That was Cortland's dad. That was Cortland's dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree. Right. Jars right. of Clay. All right. That so was we have my three, father. We have three for uh, Jars of Clay. <laughs> Josh, I got to go. I got to go Jars of Clay. All right. So I do everyone is saying Jars of Clay. And how it could be Phantom Menace. Guys, this was totally no a review of Phantom Menace. No, no way. it's not. What? Yes, yes. You got 100%. the first two switch. Those are yeah, those are switched. No, no. 
for real. <laughs> One star, false teachings that are against God. Star Guys, Wars? did you forget that? Yes, Star Wars, it's like midichlorians <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah, it's okay. totally against I'm God. I'm losing my mind right now. <laughs> I know, right? All right, here I we go. Just, I think I just became a Mandalorian. <laughs> All right, question number three. This is a five-star review. Stars of Clay. Well, hold on. Let me read it. <laughs> no, no, no. She's got to stand by her answer. Okay, all right. Locked all in. Right, locked all right. in. <laughs> all right. Here's the full review. I'm not going to do an in-depth review. All I'm going to say is it's a classic you must own. Oh, that's good. Oh. That's good. Oh, this, is, I, this, this is a great game. Okay. Stars of Clay. <laughs> All I right. did already say Jars of Clay. I'm going to yep. stand by that, yep. actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm Josh going Phantom Menace. Jars of Clay. Okay. Did you say Phantom Menace, yep. Cortland? I'm going to say Jars of Clay. All right, guys. That was a review of Jars of Clay. Dang it. All right. I thought okay, it was so like a cocksure. Tied it up, TJ. I know. I know. That was like, this right. is a classic. That was. That uh, was here we go. Question four. This, this is a, uh, a three star review. Mm hmm. <laughs> the, okay. This one's actually probably my favorite. My mother bought this an incredibly long time ago when this was her account. Works fine, I guess. Can't really go wrong. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> this is great. <laughs> Jars of Clay uh, or Phantom Menace? Works fine, I guess. Damn. You know, I think I've answered Jars of... No, I didn't answer Jars for everyone. Shit. Portland, you go. I, I'm going to say Phantom Menace. Okay. Me too. All right. Can you read the review one more time? Yeah. I can indeed. My mother bought this an incredibly long time ago when this was her account. <laughs> Works fine, I guess. Can't really go wrong. Account. <laughs> Can't really go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Phantom Menace, and you know why? Because I think mom was like completing the Star Wars collection. Okay. And they were like, eh. Can't go wrong. Right. Whatever, so we, have, we got it. We have three for Phantom Menace. TJ, can can you ask? Can we ask what year? What the date of the review is? Mm. Uh, you can, but I forgot to write it down, so oh, okay. it'll be a whole thing. <laughs> That's fine then. So I'd rather you not. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna. TJ. I'm gonna go jars of clay for the same reason Megan said. She was mom was completing her collection of the jars right. of clay. I was. I thought maybe I broke the rules. Okay, guys, explaining my answer. So, TJ, you got it right. <laughs> that was a jars of clay review. <laughs> what? Yeah, someone reviewed jars of clay's first CD. My mother bought this an incredibly long time ago when this was her account. Works fine, I Works guess. Fine, I Can't guess. really go wrong. <laughs> I love stars. that he like was like he got the account. And was like I have to go in and leave reviews for all the purchases my mom made. Like, <laughs> yep, <laughs> my duty as an Amazon, yep. patron. as an Amazon reviewer. Yes. Yeah, in okay, lieu of yes. mom. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's our last question. This last review is in Spanish. I speak Spanish. Oh, then yeah, you're gonna know this right off the bat. Not so. Fair. Rather than embarrass myself, I had my friend Christina, uh, who is a native Spanish speaker, <laughs> read the oh, review, perfect. and you guys are going to have to guess whether right. this is, perfect. okay, I, I will say, first off, it is a it is another three-star review. Mm, okay. So is this Phantom Menace or Jars of Clay? Excelente calidad de audio y video, pero esperaba que viniera con slipcover. Phantom Menace. Okay, you say Phantom Menace. I'll, I'll do it one more time. Same. 
Excelente calidad de audio y video, pero esperaba que viniera con slipcover. Phantom Menace. Okay, we got three for Phantom Menace. I'm going to say Jars of Clay. All right. Ooh. Corlin, you you're the only one that got e that wrong. Yep, Ooh. it was the E-video. Okay, es una ah. video. Damn. <laughs> that was a Spanish review for Phantom Menace. So, final points. Can Let's I just see. say Phantom Menace came in Spanish too and Jars of Clay didn't, so it wouldn't <laughs> make sense, but... Maybe they're bilingual. You hey, know. someone. Hey, I just heard slipcover. Didn't they learn English to the Nicole Norderman album? That was in that's one true. of the. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Someone that's did leave true. a review we, for that. Yeah. We, we played <laughs> we a game similar to this for Nicole Norderman's first record. And one of the Amazon reviews was I did not know English until I listened to this record. It taught, <laughs> and it taught me how to speak English. Also, that's a really great record. I'm going to listen to that episode this week. That okay, you, did, you should, because Sarah, our guest, was a straight-up <laughs> chaos goblin. It was awesome. That was a very fun episode. I love that expression. We hit a lot okay. of yeah. yeah. Perfect. I think Megan won that game. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't have all the everyone's points because I stopped paying attention. But you <laughs> yeah. know what? Who cares? <laughs> I think you should have a listener... Write in and just yes, confirm please. That. Yeah, someone tell us who won, Listeners and we'll win. our own game. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, who guys? Help it's us, been a, it's it's been a long night. It's been a long night. Okay, so guys, the last thing we have to do, we have to do our flop or bot predictions. Okay, so before I do that, I need to ask everybody here: Josh, TJ, Corlin, Megan. When was the last time you listened to this record all the way through, TJ? I've never listened to this album all the way through ever oh, in my shit. life. Okay. All right. <laughs> ever. I know Flood and I know what's the one about Jesus? Like, Love Song for a Savior. Yeah. That I, I know that one. And I know Flood. Yeah. Yeah. Those, okay. those are the only two that I can like think of off the top of my head that I've heard, actually heard. All right. Megan, what about you? I'm I'm honestly like I don't give a fuck about the rest of these guys. When was the last time you listened to this record all the way through? Kylan, I just, I'm going to give you a guess. What do you think? Six months ago. <laughs> Say 2005. Probably. I fi- fucking probably. Okay. okay. Because wow. when we did that CCM karaoke night, I got into a mood. Did it just, and yeah. I, I pulled I them it. all out. I get it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Corlin, what about you? I it, This album all the way through, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, Front to back, probably like 10 years ago. Cool. Okay. I've definitely listened to parts of this album. But yeah. as, as I said before, if it was like, if I left the zoo, I listened to that album like all a the month time. ago, yeah. probably. Guys, I don't wow. think I've ever listened to that album. Oh, it's you should. It's really gotta come, good. You guys got to come back for that record then. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. You, you guys are now our official Jars of Clay correspondents. I love that. <laughs> so. and, you know, Secret, we we may be able to get Dan. To Let's these, get Dan uh, on the Dan Ovaltine on. Yeah, I'm gonna really regret okay. calling him that. More <laughs> you are. Ovaltine, please. More Ovaltine. Please don't listen to this episode where I call you Dan Ovaltine. <laughs> He's been doing the soundtrack to the the the, the Jesus show on YouTube. That's like oh, the most cool yeah. thing that Dan has done. Okay. Uh, right so he's been busy doing that. But he's a big he he was a big promoter of Samler's music. Uh, and I'm a huge similar stand. So yeah. Okay. So my question is, I feel like everyone has a different criteria for flop or bop. Um, we like to use that as sort of an umbrella term. 
it can kind of mean whatever to all of the guests that we have on. For myself personally, what I like to do is guess whether if an album is going to be a bop, that means I'm probably going to listen to the majority of the record at some point within the next year. But it can be about like lyrical content or the vibe or just straight nostalgia. If you think it's a flop or a bop before we actually get into the nitty gritty and listen to it all. Uh, there have been a, quite a few surprises on this show. Like our very first episode was Jesus Freak by DC Talk. And TG and I both said, this is going to be a stone cold bop. It's going to hold up. And it did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious what you guys think about about this record. Do you think it's going to be a flop or a bop listening to it in your current state in 2023? I know it's going to be a bop. I just okay. know it. So. Cool. I like cool. the confidence. Right. I'm going bop because I I'm gonna love it no matter like no matter what like I'm gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be nostalgic. I love nostalgia and cool. I'm gonna be into it. How do you feel like 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 the music is gonna hold up? I I feel like I mean if they had like Dan Blue like producing Adrian. and stuff like I, sorry Adrian Blue producing it like it's I feel like musically it's probably gonna hold up. So I'm I'm gonna say a bop as well. Josh and TJ, where are you all falling? I'll say I think it'll be a bop too. I am not okay. super familiar with this record. I kind of got into Jars of Clay with like their 2009 album and then kind of worked my way backwards. But a lot of the earlier stuff, I like didn't stick with me as much as their later stuff. But yeah, I think it'll be a bop. I okay. think it'll be really mm. enjoyable. Nice. TJ, what do I'm you think? I'm a little like I'm weirdly excited to say okay. that I think this is going to flop hard. <laughs> Ooh. I thought you were weirdly excited to listen to it. You got me. So, okay, no. I'm excited no. to hate this no, no, no. record. <laughs> I am Can't excited. wait. <laughs> I like hating stuff. I'm just a <laughs> mad kind of guy. Why do you think it'll flop, TJ? Well, I, to clarify what I was saying, um, I'm excited to listen to it, to, right. to answer that, Megan. But I... I like I like when I get to be the the like cranky contrarian because I it, it's like scary for me to do sometimes because I don't like hating things I like liking things right. but because there's like four people adamantly supporting this record it gives me permission to be like nah it's gonna be bad one no vote exactly I gotta well, be well, somebody's and, gotta and, be and a TG little too like you're you're more focused on lyrical content. So, True. like, do you think there's going to be, like, some more, like, religious trauma yep. associated Here's with this the thing. record and the lyrical content? I'm going to, I'm gonna like, be very uh, <laughs> harsh and also vulnerable. I think that, uh, for me, Jars of Clay was the the hipster Mercy Me. Okay. For me. Megan like, is shaking her head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I'm 34, so, like, Mercy I'm, Me came out, like, 10 years later. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm 34. Mercy Me came out when I was like listening to radio. Hey, Jars of Mercy Clay. Me been hustling in the Oklahoma since like <laughs> mid 90s, actually. You're not wrong, Josh. We found out. You're not wrong. But like by the time it got to me, Mercy Me and Jars of Clay were like sort of the same. They like hit me right here in the. In the, the same like, people listened to both of them. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. Um, they were like the better. They were better. They were definitely better, but they were still kind of like in that sphere for me. Okay. So without, hopefully without offending 
My love. I'm not offended. Our lovely thereafter guests. Um, <laughs> so I think I think I'm with you. I I, I think that the the lyrical content's going to have its cringe. Hey, now I'm okay. offended. Okay. So, so <laughs> because it's Cortland. No, but however, I will say that like my my memory of this record is someone gave me a cassette tape. I had a cassette. It was the and I wanted to find it before we recorded. Maybe I'll find it before we record this next segment. Oh, wow. But the Boy on a String, which was one of the songs on this album, right. they did like a single that was like Boy on a String and Flood. And it was like and a liquid. single cassette. Oh, cool. And Liquid, did you have the cassette, Megan? I had the I had whatever that cassette. I did have this on single. Amazing. And yeah. Yep. Someone gave that to me. And I remember my dad listening to it and like throwing, like throwing, threatening to throw it away. Cause he was like, this is like, like nonsense he said it was like lyrical uh my dad doesn't understand poetry or art or anything and so he was like this is like not christian uh because it was like i don't know used metaphor or something uh (laughs) my dad obviously didn't read the bible which consistently uses metaphor this is descriptive Uh, not prescriptive yeah, How he was not they? a fan. And so like I feel like I have to back this album just because his like, you know, late 80s syncopated rhythms going to like let the devil in <laughs> self uh thought it was dog shit. Nice. Well, awesome. I'm excited to okay. be the contrarian we'll this time. I know, TJ, you're never the contrarian. You just like, like you want to make everyone things. so happy. I do. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like our thereafter homies can hang, and so we can hang. I'm excited <laughs> to be hang. like the weirdo here. Yeah. Can I? I uh, you can edit this out if you want, but I I want to tell you something because when you're talking about the lyrics and how they've changed, can I tell you something? Derek Webb said in his show Ooh, on Sunday. Please. Oh, Derek. Yeah. No, we don't want your best cut friend this Derek. <laughs> this is quality content. <laughs> your best friend this. Derek. <laughs> I, you know, anyway, <laughs> so Derek, it was it was he played songs and people asked covers in fact one of his songs was in somebody's wedding that was at the show and um so he asked for requests and they asked and he said um i like to believe when i play one of these older songs that the person who wrote them was doing the best that they could with the information they had at the time and i don't mind covering those songs and it's it really beautiful cool. like to see, like, I'm going to honor that person that I was. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call these a cover yeah. of uh, because I'm a new person now. and I'm covering the songs of who that person was. Yep. I thought that was really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'm going to try to That's bring in, that perspective yeah. to my listen to Jars of Clay self-titled. I think I've just changed the trajectory of how you listen to. Yeah. These well, songs, I'm, right? I'm always ready to be proven wrong. That's something hopefully that I've communicated many times on this podcast, but yeah. definitely I'm going to do that now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm excited to be uh, proved wrong. So well, it, I it's fun that, because like TJ and I listen to records like very differently, and I cannot tell you a single lyric that anyone has like ever sung. <laughs> uh, so I'm just like mostly focusing on like the the musical elements. As long as it doesn't fall in the trap of, because like when we covered Sixpence None the Richer, oh yeah, it had very specific like early two thousands acoustic coffee shop vibes that worked for like two songs, yep. and then the rest of it just <laughs> completely bored me. So as long as they have like 
something that's a little more interesting to me musically. I, I, yeah, I think I'm going to bop it. So I'm excited. Four bops, one flop. Yeah. All right. That, that is very exciting. So for all the listeners, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to pull a Stephen Curtis Chapman and dive right into Jars of Clay. Jars, jars, binks of clay. Guys, we have a sponsor, which is awesome. It feels so great. It I is. I love it. But you know, my favorite part about it is that like it's someone that we've supported before. And it's like, like I don't no. feel like I have to be like super pitchy. Because, you know, I like legitimately right. we just like, like and it. enjoy yeah. their business right. and support their business. So it just works out pretty perfectly for that. To the point that even before they sponsored the show, this is like a website that whenever we're doing research and stuff for our episodes, I'll just go like browse <laughs> and just like Windows see what's available. Yeah, a little bit. It's great. pretty We're great. spoiled, man. <laughs> we are we are it worked out pretty perfect it's great though but if you don't know who collide is you should because collide is an independent record store located up in wisconsin but they're online and so they'll you can find anything that they got and they'll ship it to you at a great price and it's great to support independent record store they got a lot of great stuff on their website kylan i think you got something yeah cool i want to highlight some stuff okay so they have like all kinds of great stuff i think like we all sort of collectively decided that maybe for these ads it would be a cool thing to sort of highlight maybe specific mm-hmm. records to kind of just show that they have all kinds of stuff that we're super into and things that we're really excited the gamut. about yeah exactly and so for that i want to talk about guys they have carry me home which is an album that came out last year with Mavis Staples and Levon Hill. Last year? That's crazy. Yeah, well, okay. So so the sessions were recorded right mm-hmm. before Levon Helm died in 2011. But the album came out last year. And this is a super nerdy thing, but the vinyl is clear. Ooh, I yeah. always love a clear mm-hmm. vinyl. Like, I'm so into that. But the reason I wanted to talk about this record, if you have not listened to it, I don't understand because it's <laughs> Mavis Staples, who's like one of the greatest vocalists mm-hmm. of all time. Levon Helm from the band, like also one of the greatest vocalists and drummers and just all around greatest American musicians of all yeah, time. Yeah, man, what a team up. And they recorded a bunch of songs together. Incredible. And specifically on this record. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is I actually have a demo WCJN that I'm recording that'll come out soon about secular songs that could be or basically are Christian songs. Mm, Interesting. They do a cover of You Got to Serve Somebody written by Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. But their version like blows the original out of the water. It is so good. And this record is worth it just for that to listen that's a bold claim man yeah dude just to listen to both of them at the height of their powers doing Mm. this song is a hundred percent worth it amazing so you gonna go to colliderecords.com kylan a hundred percent i'm buying this record you gonna do it this is gonna be my first collide purchase is is gonna be this record well and the cool thing about for your first purchase kylan i think we have something cool for that right TJ? It's true, TJ, man. I think we do, right? I was just going to say the listeners should take advantage of what Kylan's going to do. He's going to go to colliderecords.com. You should too. You should definitely all use the promo code CHURCHJAMSNOW for a sweet, sweet, sweet 20% <laughs> off. Check it out. Colliderecords.com. 
Use I'm going to put the sweet, sweet bass uh, sound effect <laughs> it, it to burn. Sweet, sweet discount. <laughs> <laughs> please, please do that. Sweet. I think that's all we got. Let's get back to the show. Hey, Jammers. We're going to interrupt your listening to talk about our Patreon a little bit because, you know, it's 2023. New year, new bit. And our biggest bit has been restructuring our Patreon. Um, we're super excited and just like the last patreon ad the other guys are here i don't know why they're being weirdly silent sorry sorry i was i was updating uh patreon bots firmware oh why Um, why uh, i was a little busy is it because because of the 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 trivia night yeah because of trivia like we we need you know hard and fast factual data to be ready to give the answers processing power needs to be on point yeah Yeah. okay well well the whole thing is so we're offering for our patrons a trivia night four times a year we're gonna do it quarterly i don't know i don't know if i'm super comfortable with the fact that like patreon bot will probably win because the winner is gonna get like cool stuff no 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 he can't compete he has to give the answers he's Oh, oh my God! Yeah. Okay, I, don't worry, man. I talked to him about this. You did. What did he say? He, he uh, shut down for a while because he was very awkward, and that's what he does whenever he can't deal with like an awkward social situation. Yeah, he but does. But then when he came back online, anxiety. yeah, he does. But when he came back online, he said he totally understood, and he's happy to help. Do you want me to go get him? Like I can. Please, can find please, him you... please. Can you can okay. you go get him for hey, me? Patreon bot, come, come here. <laughs> Sorry, his his operating system is still uh, uploading. So yeah, give me no, a- he he's got kind of a different vibe than he used to have. Maybe that new year, new new firmware, <laughs> new firmware. new year, greetings. new firmware. Greetings, 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 user Kylan and wow. user Josh. Oh my gosh, wow, okay. Patreon bot, did you update your language program? Yes, I am vaguely European now. Yeah, you sound a little Irish. Vaguely <laughs> here. Yeah. No, I am more Scandinavian. Okay. Well, how do you feel about our trivia night that we have coming up on March 15th? I am, I am, I am, I am very excited about trivia night. What can you tell us about the trivia night? I can tell you that the answer is 3.1456728912. Okay, um, well, I can guarantee that 14, that's not an answer to any of the trivia questions, but... Well, sorry, guys, sorry. I, I got to do some more reprogramming for Patreon Bob before he's ready for trivia night. I, I, I am so sorry. I think so, Clearly. man. He's got some issues. But, guys, we have so many things to offer on our Patreon coming up this year. For just $2 a month, you get the show early, and you get our monthly WCJN show where we talk about things that uh, haven't quite made it on the full show. Josh did an episode on a very Jason Martin Christmas, and I did a sweet, sweet bass roundup of some of the sweetest bass that we have covered thus far on the show and kind of diving into why I love sweet, sweet bass. Yeah, we have our trivia night coming up. It's a live Zoom event that we're going to do. Anyone that's a patron can come and hang out and play some fun trivia with us. Patreon bot wait. may or may not be there. We don't know yet. If we get his <laughs> firmware updated in time. Yeah. Depends on the updates. Yeah, we'll yep. see. Yeah. So check us out at patreon.com slash churchjamesnowpodcast. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Josh is yawning. So I think that's the end of the ad. I think it's good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Church Jams Now. Uh, hope you enjoyed those sweet, sweet advertisements. 
We are back, of course, with Cortland and Megan from Thereafter Podcast. Welcome back, you guys. Hey, thanks for having us back. Heck yeah. You know, for the listener, it'll be like three minutes or something. But for us, it's been two weeks. Wouldn't it be a twist, though? If like we went to part B and it was like, actually, now we have... New Johnny guests. Depp. <laughs> we have new guests. The party didn't work out quite the way we were anticipating. That'd be a fun uh, twist. Yeah, that would. You be. just don't I say anything you... about it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. replace me with another off. character. You should actually have jars of clay. Like yeah. that's yeah, what that it should, would the be twist the move. should be. Yep. yep. I'll be honest, though. I'd be disappointed because I was really looking forward to this conversation. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's I was so I was excited too tonight. Actually, I will. I got a babysitter because I was like, like oh, we had a yeah. couple back to back podcast interviews. My partner's out of town. I was like, I want to focus. I'm getting a sitter. Wow. Hell yeah, dude. That makes me yeah. feel really special. We're basically on a date right now. So yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> I'm dating all four date. of you. <laughs> I think it's going well so far. Yeah. This is deconstruction, yeah. guys. This is what happens. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, guys, we all listened to 1995's Jars of Clay, their self-titled record. Um so before we pull Stephen Curtis Chapman and dive right in, do we have any general thoughts on the album we want to talk about? Anything anyone wants to say? I do this. I say this every time. And then it always is like, well, let's just get to it. I was going to give our guests a chance, but I do want to provide a little bit of context to the listener. And what has happened is that the day after we recorded our part A, Megan went on Twitter and was like, hey, is this album going to be a flop or a bop? And oh, yeah. almost unanimously, everyone was like, bop, 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 bop. So it's like mm-hmm. the pressure that we have felt been like, guys, if we flop this album, man, the Twitter mob is coming after us. At least one corner of it. Yeah. So like, I feel like that was a great move on Megan's part to be like, I'm going to make these guys bop it because I know we do feel the see, pressure. Yes. Yeah, that was a power move. I wasn't move. trying to sway. <laughs> I will say, my gen- I do have a general thought about this album, though, and that's this. I went on a four mile run the next day after um, we had this, we had our recording and it's exactly the length of my four mile run. So oh, if wow. you're trying to figure out how slow I run, you can go look at the timing <laughs> of that. But yeah, it was, it was great. It was perfect. So that's my general. Is that including the 27 minute <laughs> last song? No, that did no. Okay. okay. <laughs> good, All right. Yeah. Good caveat. That really changes well, things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. So let's go ahead and just, uh, jump right into it uh, with track number one, Liquid. That was just the track. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I, so my general thought, because we're going to talk about this track, but my general thought uh, was this album is not as good as If I Left the Zoo. No. I, okay. <laughs> that was my general thought. If I Left the Zoo is such a fucking great album. Yeah. But, and yeah, I, uh... I, I listened to this one, and I'm not going to like spoil anything, but yeah, it's not as good. <laughs> Are we about okay. to create a rift in the Thereafter oh, yeah. podcast? I, I have my hand raised. Can, nice. I, can I say my thing? Please, Megan. Here's my thing. 
It's your age. Like, and I'm not saying that because like you underappreciate, but I saw Jars of Clay play these songs live multiple times. And when you see an artist play music live, it's just so different. And so it doesn't make when I good, listen. Though. Yeah. Well, but when I listen to these songs, like I know every word to yeah. every I saw one a thousand of these songs. Foot crutch five times. That's an <laughs> they awesome every time. <laughs> But when you see them live times. and they bring it to life, it makes a difference. And you've never For had sure. the chance to really yeah. see yeah. this no, bring me life is as a TFA live. song. Yeah, yeah, no, you're no, right. My, there really is something to be said for like the personal experience that yeah. you connect with an album. I get it because like see. I I hated Fleet Foxes until I saw them live, and it's like oh I get it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have not I have not seen them live, so it is you you were very much correct. It is a different experience. But hey, we're not a podcast about live concerts. We're a podcast yeah. about True. albums. <laughs> this this track was a high point for me. I think this track is is one of the best ones on the album. You're a man after my own heart. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the opening. It's like vibey. Like it really sets a tone. Mm-hmm. The first 45 seconds, there's like that kind of Gregorian. Yeah, that's what I really know what that is. What are they saying? No, there it I is think right it's just there. People chanting. I love it. More are they songs like words and it's like reversey or that was rever- something I noticed because I was like, what, like w- w- creatively, what do you think? Like I can imagine them having a conversation. Like w- let's throw this in and like what was said <laughs> and why. You know? Yeah, I feel like they maybe were just like, we're a Christian band. Let's honor the roots, like church, oh, high church music. You know, like. To set the tone, because I mean, this is their their debut, right? Like, self titled. Yeah. They're like trying to show people or, what they're about. Or I mean, Braveheart came out the same year, so maybe they're trying to do just like a, <laughs> let's go with that. A Braveheart. Did it really? Theme. It was the same yeah. year. Yeah. So JPJ has you're the stats guy, right? How long? I don't. You may have said this in the first part. Like I said, like uh, Cotton said, it, it's been a little while for us. <laughs> Were, how long were they together before? This is their debut album, but they were playing music for a while before this, right? It says on Wikipedia that it was 1993 to present. So I mean, like within two years of them playing together in college or whatever. Okay. Allegedly, this album this came record, out in October 95? 95. So a little 95. later, 95. Well, I love this song. I I got real Nickel Creek vibes mm, from I like it. The build. Yeah, yeah. And just the super 90s drums. There's a very specific oh, like 90s drum sound with that shuffle. My first note is these drums are the most 90s. Yes. And I was here for it. I loved it. Second note, first instance of many of Sweet Sweet Bass. So Corlin and Megan, something you should note about the show is I'm not a bass player, but I'm obsessed with albums or tracks that have sweet sweet bass and i will always call them out and this was the first the bass on this song was fantastic i like where the bass sat in the mix for most of the record uh and got me really really excited and i also want to say that even though i didn't have like a lot of strong feelings about this track i'm sorry this isn't related to your sweet sweet bass but (laughs) i i just wasn't an aside that um I do have some songs that I have very strong feelings about, but as we continue. Perfect. I thought this song was like a minute and a half too long, though. <laughs> With the same lyrics over and over. The one Yeah, the lyrical know, the content kind of left me wanting. I said the Sweet Sweet Bass carried the song. 
because it sure ain't the lyrical content. Well, it feels like a kind of just like a glorified intro track. It's like a, yeah. start like this would be a better intro track, but they're like, let's just make it a, a full song. But you're like, it has all the pieces of just a regular intro track. I felt. Hmm. Yeah, right. that's so good. I like yeah. that take. I, I did like yeah. the lyrics. I didn't pay attention to a lot of lyrics on this record. I will say. Uh, but I did like the line that says flesh and blood. Is it so elemental? And I was like, oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, mm. that's pretty mm. good. Especially how it relates to like communion and stuff. So I was like, yeah, oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Makes you think a little bit. TJ, do you have any any lyrical notes on this song? The one thing I know is that I had a really hard time latching into. I'm just going to show my hand any of the lyrics <laughs> on this entire album. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. If, if you I'm... vote this flop, I'm going to be so mad. I'm never coming back. <laughs> okay, never mind. I'm just kidding. I, can I change uh, my vote now? Yeah. Well, you got to wait till the end, you guys. We got to wait till the end. All right. Uh, do we have anything else to say about the first track? We got a lot more to get through. I do really like all the background vocals. I like that they're like a, it feels like mm-hmm. they're a band that can all sing and harmonize with each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's like very like, classical like bands used to do that back in the day so it's cool that they can do that it's a nice element that they have well especially when yeah you mix it in you can hear like some bluegrass roots between like the harmonies and the mandolin mm-hmm. there's a bunch a of, mandolin of mandolin there is and i no, love like, it i was not listening to the instruments as well as i should have. that's fine that's what we're here for it's like bluegrass but it also feels well i'll just yeah, I'll save that. I got that as a note in a <laughs> song later. So Cool. Well, guys, let's go ahead and jump into track number two, Sinking. Because you see through my forever lies And you are not believing Seeing your forever rise And you are forever healing From liquid to sinking. Okay, before we like actually talk about the song, did anybody notice the weird cricket sounds? Yes. Yes. Thank you. No. Yeah, they're right here. Yeah. Why are they there? <laughs> what does why? They're like, there's this song isn't working. It needs something else. You know what? Crickets. crickets. <laughs> Let's go put some cricket sounds in there, guys. Which is funny because crickets are what people say when there's like silence. That's the right. thing. That's right. why I'm like, was this like a sort of self-effacing move of like nobody can make fun of us if we make fun of ourselves we'll just mm. drop crickets into our song i don't th- i don't think that's what's happening yeah i don't know it's it feels like a, just a weird choice but mm-hmm. it feels like a specific like just trying to fill out the mix maybe mm-hmm. just like have some ambient noise i don't well yeah because there's so much like programming on this album for a 90s album like mm-hmm. the drum loops all across the album, there's other like weird effects throughout that are loopy, like the cricket sound in this song. Mm-hmm. And I feel like somebody got their hands on the Pro Tools or whatever on it was. On a sampler. <laughs> and they were like, let's go crazy. Right. <laughs> Just like trying to experiment. And like it created a new sound. Like the acoustic, the very like organic kind of acoustic folk rock thing that they've got going on with all the program drums and like sample loop stuff is kind of... For this time, especially for like Christian music, it's pretty edgy. It's like very different. Yeah. But you say that, but I feel like at the time, it, all of the bands blended together. You know what I like? It was, it didn't feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, I liked Stars of Clay and I liked them better than other bands, but like it was when, I mean, I guess it was a 
around Cademan's call. It was also kind of like audio adrenaline. Like it just felt like it was all, they were all kind of similar, you know, I know. So when this came out, did this not stand out, Megan? Like, did it just feel like kind of another CCM nineties record? Well, but then there was flood, right? Like, and that was on mainstream radio. Right. That wasn't mm-hmm. just on Christian radio. So yeah. like, yeah. yes and no. And, and, you know, I think it was the Christian like youth group kids that were listening to the whole album. And then like, other people knew Flood, you know? Right. Well, so one one album that we've covered on this show before that this reminds me the most of, our fourth episode, we covered Sixpence, None the Richer. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Mm. I see that. There's I a lot of comparisons yeah. to yeah. that, like, kind of meandering, like, 90s coffee shop vibe. Yeah. Like, yep. there's, like, a lot of, like, it's, like, Soft jammy, you know what I with mean? With a mainstream like hit, just, right? Right, with like Sorry. one massive hit, and then yep. the rest of it is just kind of holding holding that song up. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it has like coffee house rock vibes. Yeah, yep. I went into a little bit of a you know uh, dove into a little bit of a hole <laughs> CCM wise because I listened to this, and then I listened to If I Left the Zoo, and then I listened to 40 Acres, Cademan's Call, and and then I got saved. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah, so I really went Take down weeks. the pathway there. But I, I, I think that there is something in... This song is very, like, kind of, like, self-effacing. Like, it's like, I, I think the way I'm reading the lyrics is, like it feels like somebody kind of like talking about their, you know, I don't know what I always called the cool part of somebody's testimony. People come and give their testimony. They're like, I was like banging and doing drugs. And I was always like, Oh, that's cool. And then they're like, then I got Jesus and life got boring. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's a- and then I grew up as a Christian kid who was like, never got to have the cool part of my testimony. Right. right. Uh, so I was like, one time I hit my brother. Uh, <laughs> that was my testimony. I was like, this testimony sucks. He actually laughed at me because I hit him so soft. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I wonder, I wonder, cause there is a lot of like poetic lyrics in this album as a mm-hmm. whole. Even this song has like some imagery and some poetry to it. But as Jars of Clay like move forward in the career, I feel like they got more ambiguous and more poetic and more metaphorical. And this album feels to me like they needed to be a little bit more on the nose to kind of get accepted as an initial album coming out in a CCM right. market. They couldn't get as like weird with oh, but I don't know, but like. It, it, Newsboys had kind of the opposite track of like, let's start out <laughs> weird as hell. Weird. And yeah. then just like transition into something else. I had a hard time connecting with a lot of the lyrics, but, and like, I didn't really understand or like, I thought I was like, the angles Dan is choosing to write from seem kind of weird to me, but I, in a sense, did appreciate it that it wasn't super like audio adrenaline on the nose kind of thing. Like, that was nice, mm. even though I still didn't really connect with them so okay <laughs> we need to talk <laughs> bring it Megan. come on like when you're talking about six pence on the rich i never i've seen them i saw them live at cornerstone i never connected with them 
You have to understand that I was listening to this album on repeat between the ages of like 15 and 22. Okay. Yeah. So like I have lyrics from these songs written in my journals. I had them in my prayers. I would, I would pray these songs. Like this was like, wow. so like when you talk about it being poetic, like I was listening to this and I had this like visceral reaction. Like when I was on that run listening to this album, <laughs> Um, because there are certain songs that got me through breakups. There's songs that like, I, I mean, and so I was like, they they carried me through grief and right. and held space for like whatever spiritual whatever I was on. And so it was so weird to like, because I had this strange sense of nostalgia for that person, even though I'm not that person anymore. But I was like, of course. oh, I had like the, these songs were so meaningful and I have an appreciation for what they did for me at the time, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's like totally valid and like beautiful. And I and love we, it. And that's we part all of have what... moments like that. Like we have all <laughs> you, had you, like just not with this album. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, I think the lyrics, like because of the way they're written, I think, like you said, you had this album on repeat for years. Like it's one of those how it's written. Like you're not gonna just gonna get it on like two or three listens. Be like, oh, I get it. Like it's you really have to like spend a lot of time with it. I feel like, right. which mm. is a strength and can be a weakness at the same yeah. time. Well, for me, the the hard thing is like I'm already. You guys know I I'm not a lyric guy at all but i can be if there's something if there's like a vocal hook that i can like hook onto and there wasn't really for most of this record and definitely on this song it just once again is that kind of like meandering kind of thing i completely disagree let's get to I, faith like a child and see if there's a vocal yeah because okay. i feel like <laughs> this album lyrically i didn't connect with but it is catchy as hell. I feel like they have melodies that get stuck in. I was humming melodies from this album, multiple different songs, multiple times after okay. listening to it. I felt like the melodies hmm. were catchy and 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 got me and hooked. Maybe I'm basic. I don't know. Like no, I don't know no, what don't it is. So, but like... I I think that the melodies are catchy and that they hmm. really did a good job of making the tracks sticky and like they stuck in that's my awesome head, you know that's awesome yeah it 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 didn't do that for me but i love that that it did for you and i'm fully prepared to like my opinion is is my own and i'm, I'm prepared <laughs> to be in the wrong about it it just didn't you're wrong kyle you're so Megan, that's fine. I, i'm curious for you on this track specifically right there's that line that's like i just pulled up there Right, deny mm -hmm. myself, deny my heart, deny your hand, deny your help, and you offer me eternity. But why should I buy that? Right, and that's that thing that I'm talking about where it's like I almost feel like Dan, or I'm assuming Dan wrote these lyrics, I don't know that for sure. Um, but that the lyrics were written from this perspective of like people are going to kind of see us as alternative and kind of rebellious or whatever, I think maybe, I mean, that was my context of jars of clay uh, in the Baptist church that I grew up in. Hmm. And so like almost kind of like positioning the script of like, yeah, I'm addressing the fact that I've got some worldly edge or whatever. And, but being very self, like I said, a facing about like, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I've got struggles. I'm denying myself. I've been rebellious. I'm kind of, you know, do you, 
feel that in a lot. I felt that in a lot of the lyrics. No. In fact, like we'll, when we get to Worlds Apart, we'll talk about the text converse, mass, massive text conversation that Cortland and I were having about that song. <laughs> but um, no, I think that I think it's so interesting you say that because I poured the context, the evangelical context that I was in into these lyrics. And so when it came to denying yourself, I put all of it into these like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to deny myself. I'm supposed to, you know, and, and we get to love song for a savior, which I think is next. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say more about that too, because I think that like cemented some pieces of purity culture that I was, you know what I mean? Like Mm. for sure. That makes perfect sense to me. But I'm just, it's interesting because now, Cortland, you're saying like you're bringing the context that you're in into those lyrics too, which like is interesting because I, I feel was, like they I were trying that. to sell that they're a little edgy and that they know that they have to like kind of fight against this worldly because Jars of Clay was always like, I don't know, it was like for a lot of people, it was like, oh, there's Creed and Lifehouse and Jars of Clay and they're on the radio and they're worldly mm-hmm. and they're not really Christian. Mm. They're not really right. doing the gospel and they maybe I'm totally breeding the subtext in, but almost had to push back against that. Maybe it's like the strength that we're, what we're like, what we're learning from both of y'all being able to connect in different ways to these lyrics is the strength of the ambiguity of the writing. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. They're just vague enough that you like can kind, kind of bridges of pour the gap. into. Yeah. Well, and I also just have to say too, that, I know in my mind and in the youth group circle that I was in, it was never like, oh, they're kind of a sellout because they have like a mainstream song. It was like, oh, think of the witness that they can get by having a mainstream song and people can then come into these other lyrics, you know? Mm -hmm. That's such a different content. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That we grew up listening to this music in. Wild. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I, okay. I have one more note, but I don't under maybe someone can help me. I don't know. I don't know when I wrote these notes, but I wrote I'm not a big bingo person. And I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> okay, but also were we supposed to have notes prepared? Because I didn't <laughs> no, prepare notes. It's fine. You I think you've listened like, to this album enough. Oh, oh, you're a bongo. Bongo. It was autocorrect. I'm not a big bongo person. Bongo. I don't like bongos bingo. in songs. I'm not a big bingo person. <laughs> Said as you guys know, I'm not a big bingo person. I was like, what the fuck? You're just huge on bingo. <laughs> yeah, bongo. It autocorrected. Yeah, there's okay, too much yeah. bongo on this song. That was my last note. No, if there are bongos in a song, Kylan will bring it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you weren't around during my djembe phase. So, uh, well, that was the thing. Like. I would, yeah, all in youth group, you got the acoustic guitar and the djembe. And then when it transitioned into the cajon, everyone moved past the djembe into the cajon. We could, I got, that'll be a Patreon episode cajon all about hand percussion now. in. Uh, <laughs> I stayed with Christian the djembe music. for the sake of my back because you have to lean over um, further. Yeah, oh, yeah. The it's not ergonomic. No, Anybody no, in their I'm church have a, a doombeck? Oh. No. It's, no. A, it's like a djembe, but it's uh, Middle Eastern, I believe. It's, yep. it's like ceramic. Mm hmm. So yeah, if you were, we moved Jimbe to Doombeck to Kahan. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I like yeah. that. Edgy. I like that pipeline. <laughs> that <was our laughs> yeah, that was too edgy yeah. for my little Southern Baptist church. <laughs> All right, let's move on to track number three. Love song for a savior. I want to
I love this song. This one is catchy. Like, Cortland, to your point about things being it's hooky. Catchy. Like, this one to me is hooky. Oh, yeah. Even just, like, that first line in Open Fields of Wildflowers, like, mm-hmm. that's just, like, boom, grabs you in. And great harmonies on great it. Great harmonies. Yes, oh, yeah. Nice, fun, oh, like, open chords that they got going. That mm-hmm. Very conducive on acoustic guitar. I'm just appreciated. It's like, it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was, like, me, like, you know, in college feeling like I, uh, instead of, like, dating or worrying about that, like, I need to, like, really focus on me and God and then, like, wait to be pursued by a spiritual leader. So mm. that was, like, this was that song that was, like, this is the epitome of that, right? Like, you are in love with God kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it literally, I mean, that's, like, the name of the song. Yep. That makes sense. So does does it... Does your feeling or like experience with the song change at all? Like listening to it now in 2023? Surprisingly not. Like I would have thought that I would have been like, because I've like deconstructed all that purity culture and I still am, you know, and it, it affected mm-hmm. me. And, and, but yet like I look back and I'm like, no, it got me through the, that time. You know, it was like the thing I clung to. And at the time then it was, and, and it could be though that, I don't have a beef with jars of clay because if you were to give me a Bethel song that got me through a time, I would be like furious, right? So like, there's right. certain like there's artists now that I'm like, Ugh, no, you know, mm-hmm. and so it could just also be that I I still have an appreciation for the band. Yeah, with that, like from a sonic perspective, or like you even like you're like lyrically, no, I'm on board with all this still exactly. No, I'm not on board with all of it still exactly. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you for. Yeah. Letting me ask that question to suss out where you're at with that. that <laughs> yeah, that no, helpful. I'm, yeah. Cool. No, I get that, Megan, because like, I feel like I've heard this song used in like, obviously not great context or stuff. And it's like been used, unfortunately, but it's like, that's not really the song's fault. And like, right. like even though it has been used in, in ways that or like you've been like, you've heard it too much for certain things. I'm like, it's still like a really good song. Like, yeah, I mm-hmm. still think it. I feel like this would be an easy one to like trash on, but I'm like, I think it's it's really good. It's right. Very but well when you done. take it out of that context and just the song on its own merits, like first off, there are not near enough songs that are this catchy that have flute in them. So I'm here for that. It's a recorder, really? Yeah, I think so. Are you That's sure? That's what the credits say as a recorder. Oh, okay, well, song three. But I agree. Like, even more really rare. Interesting, <laughs> like texture to have in a song especially yeah. with the mandolin yeah it kind of felt like elijah wood was gonna take us to the shire or i know <laughs> got those like, kind of oh, like pseudo celtic vibes well, you know what I think vibes we're on our way, Josh. they're warming up the celtic vibes yeah <laughs> they haven't we're, we're happened well yet. on our way though we're getting oh, there yeah it gave me the um the chicks cowboy take me away vibes mm-hmm. that's the vibe oh, it does have that you're right yeah, yep. dude totally I'm here for that i just had one technical note I like that in the first chorus, the the drums don't come in until... Yes, I noticed that. The second measure of that yeah. chorus, which is really, really interesting weird. because most songs will come in like the drums will hit like right when the chorus hits, but they yeah. kind of drag it out. It makes it, for me at least, like really interesting mm-hmm. for the ear because you're kind of like wanting that and you're expecting it and they kind of pull the rug out from under you. I think that might be why it has the cowboy take me away vibes because it like has that yeah. like soft start. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Then it builds. I, I did also feel like it was too long though. 
it wouldn't be a Christian song if it didn't say the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. And over again, right. It's, well, it's especially because the, the chorus is just the one line repeated yeah. four times. Like yeah. that already puts yeah, it off to a bad start. Gets a yeah. Old. It's catchy, yeah. but it like when you hear it's it too the, many times, you start hating but, it. It's the same thing that the that the Sixpence album fell into because it is that kind of like meandering coffee shop jammy yep. thing. Even though every song was ostensibly like four minutes long, they felt like 12 minutes long <laughs> by the end of it, which, you know, you guys know from my ADD brain was really tough. But <laughs> I did I did really enjoy this song. Yeah, it's catchy. Uh, do we have anything else on track three? I mean, we mentioned the context of this song. Somebody on Twitter mentioned this was licensed by Christian Mingle. It was on a lot of Christian Mingle mm. yes. commercials. Wow. Oh, it was? No, yeah. I didn't know that. Just the chorus. Just that I want to fall in love with you was like mm, in the so background weird. of Christian Mingle commercials so on TV weird. for a while. Was it, was it featured in the Christian Mingle movie with Lacey Chabert? There was a Christian Mingle. Movie. You guys haven't seen the Why Christian are we not Mingle movie doing an episode. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we? Can we please watch a yeah, episode? Yeah, dude. Do it's I got have Lacey. to get a Pure Flix subscription to watch, I d- watch no, it? No, I I watched. Oh, That's it's the free on the Roku channel it. and on Tubi right now. Okay, wow. uh, I watched Amazing. it a few years ago. Yeah, Lacey Chabert. It's got David Keith and Stephen Tobolowski. Which is, <laughs> yeah, wow. dude, it's wild, <laughs> but it's just straight up like a movie about Christian Mingle. It's is this song in fucking it? weird. That's what I'm trying to find out. Probably. Well, okay. So I think having love song for a savior so out of context that it's on mm. an ad for a dating app is, or whatever, service, right. whatever, is very similar to my friend that walked down the aisle to, um, I can only imagine, right? Like, mm-hmm. It just feels like. Oh. You don't want to take a song and put it in like the wildest different context. This is a funeral song. song. Like <laughs> this is not a wedding was there, song. Was there a first dance to butterfly kisses? <laughs> Probably. I don't remember. Wow. Yeah. It gets really convoluted. Like all mm-hmm. this, like, is it a Jesus song or is it a boyfriend song? Well, that's the whole thing that we're trying to, you know, obviously to a certain extent, like on this podcast, is trying to like as much as we can strip away all the kind of like fucked up context or even good context of these songs and just take them as they are. Yeah. In that case, I would say that, you know, I think this is a great song. But you also invited the Thereafter podcast to come talk about their own play. <laughs> so. I would say there was one song, but yeah, I couldn't get past it. But yes, otherwise I, I could get past it and have the appreciation. Yeah. Sweet. Well, Absolutely. let's... Go ahead and move on to track number four, Like a Child. This was one of my favorites. I had this written on like notes to friends and this was, I listened to this like, this was the one, the breakup, like I mm. needed this like strength. I needed, you know. Mm. That's beautiful. I think it's the catchiest one for yeah. me. I did say Love Song for a Savior was catchy, but I think this one is my favorite one on the album and the most like hooky and enjoyable. Mm. This this song burrows in the brain. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it like you yeah. will be humming it. Has it we've mentioned Nickel Creek a few times on this. Mm-hmm. this episode already has 
did anyone like look up? I was trying to do it on my phone, but I couldn't. I couldn't find anything. Have Chris Chris Thiel Thiele? I don't know how you say his name from yeah, Nickel yeah. Creek, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was was Christian? He like played in like a lot of Christian contacts. I have a fun fact about Nickel Creek, actually. Really? Did mm-hmm. does Dan? and Chris ever done anything together? Like they should do something. Like if they put out like a side project together, I would, you should DM Dan. I would, I, w- I would crowdsource their I'd Kickstarter. That shit. He's I'd be that, he was the guy from nickel Creek. That wasn't Sean Watkins or Sarah. Watkins. Yeah. Yeah. He was like the main. Oh, the main I didn't guy. know that. Cause I was like, Oh, that's just Are the you- guy that plays with Volpe. Peck, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. No. Oh well, my God. And he wow. hosts, he took over for Garrison Keeler. He hosts yeah. Prairie Home Companion. Oh now. wow! I, didn't know I believe, he or he was Andy, doing that for a while. Andy, and mm-hmm. he did Punch Brothers. Yeah, Punch and, Brothers oh, is yeah, great. Punch Brothers. But whoever, like the people from Nickel Creek, and I don't remember which ones, but they write yeah. the the satirical worship music for Mega the podcast. Did you know this? They do. Oh. Yeah, they're friends. They're friends. They're all friends. Hey. They would be That's those Mega funny. guys. They know everybody. They do. They. Good but dude. can I say something about this song? Yes. What do you think we're doing here on this podcast, Megan? I know. There's something <laughs> to be said about that beat without music. So you know how in like, I, I, if you're familiar as I am with Jagged Little Pill and Alanis Morissette and all of it, there's that song that's like, why are you so petrified of silence? And then you can like yes. hear the beat and you're like, yeah, here, can you handle this? Like, that's mm-hmm. how this song was. Like, because there would be like, you would end Love Song for a Savior and you'd be listening to the album and then you'd have that beat and then you'd mm-hmm. be able to like, come in with like dear god like right when it came in that was like that was the jam oh that's so rad it led you in yeah yeah this is a great this is an example of the program drums like working for me like the loopy i was gonna ask tj though is this the same beat that we've heard in like the first at least the first two songs like liquid and sinking it felt like the same (laughs) it totally could be they just changed the bpm it felt like the same to me (laughs) Yeah, the, the so, same sample just yep, sped up a little bit. Well, this one you can hear like when the sample like repeats, like when the mm-hmm. loop starts over again. Yep. yep. So, yeah, it could be. Is that their kids? And the, there's kids in this song, right? Talking or is they that gonna a different be song? too young for like having like because they're like college age, right? Yeah, that's true. I wonder who, who that are that old at least. It's probably some nieces and nephews. Probably, yeah. Let's go with that. Brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, Home from college. I did like that we got to see Jarza Clay play at Ye Old Renaissance Fair on this song. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That's just that's yeah, where it took me. There's like way more of that on this record than I anticipated. The yeah. super like the Celtic, Celtic Ren Fair. Yeah. 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 It's like. Gaelic Gandalf, man. Yeah. Dancing a jig. But, you know, this was right around the time I think, like, Riverdance was taken off. Like I said, Braveheart came out the mm-hmm. same year. There was, there was something something going something on. Something in the water. like, <laughs> Ireland, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this, this track, though, lyrically continues the trend that I brought up in, in the second track. I, I, and I don't know if I'm just sensitive to it, but, like, I feel like, there's these lines where, you know, he says, you know, but I have turned away and searched for answers that I can't understand. And then later, you know, down in the track, you know, he said, you know, I wonder if I've grown to lose the recklessness that I walked in. Uh, you know, like, I feel like, again, it's like referencing this, like, I've had this kind of like. I've had some shits gone down. but Yeah, like, I've kind of abandoned things and I'm coming. 
I'm back mm-hmm. and I'm edgy and I'm cool. I don't know. It just feels like the guy with earrings coming to talk to youth group and being like, Hey guys, I went out and smoked a joint once. And it was it. That's how it feels to me is like, Dan is being marketed as somebody who's gone out, kind of gotten in the scene and he's realized that like, he's going to stay true and come back and keep singing about Jesus. That's just the vibe I got through several of the tracks. Yeah. Maybe he planted, the first seeds of deconstruction and that's why I'm deconstructing now like 20 yeah. years later. <laughs> Maybe you have jars of clay to think. I will say that on this podcast right now, so I listened to this whole record three times to to make my notes and stuff. I don't know if it, just the mental and emotional space that I've been in this week, I could not listen to this song. Every single time I ended up skipping it. Hmm. Really? The the production of it was just too uh youth group or like middle school ministry like we're going to play this song to start off the service for me. Hmm. Wow. But it was the only one. It was So it was like a sonic. It was like it was like the music kind of had like a visceral impact on you. It really did. It wasn't it even really like did. the lyrics that And a big were part like of it and and they did this on on a couple other songs but um I don't know if anyone else picked up on it but there's a couple songs where they have the acoustic guitar doesn't sound mic'd. It sounds like it's plugged in like an acoustic electric mm. that's plugged in. It's got a little bit more twang. Josh, I don't know if you caught that. No, but, but I, know that, it, I know the sound that you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, there's a couple songs on this record that have that. And on a record, <laughs> it just drives me up the wall. I cannot, I, I cannot do it. It's like, like you're in a studio. Mic up, mic up your acoustic Yes, guys. yes. Right. But I, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't do it. But it, I like talking about it. <laughs> it's what we're here for man <laughs> it's literally what we're here for. yeah <laughs> i just couldn't listen to it but i listened to it all the way through now so i faced my fears i you know i made it through we like did it child. together that's right i i needed i needed this five-way date to get through it so we ready to move on to track number five let's do it let's do it halfway point art in me I feel like this is what like there's like four songs on this album that are like bangers and then there's the rest that all i loved and they all just run together and sound like the same song and this is one of those that's so funny that's how i feel about most of the record except for flood they all kind of <laughs> blend together to a certain extent but this one started super pretty i liked this one i will say i think like talking about like the art in me is like pretty cheesy but I think this might be my favorite song on the record. Like, huh. I did not expect to like it, but I really enjoyed it. What? Why so? Well, they have like the strings come in here, and I feel like there's a different drum beat, which I very much appreciated at this point <laughs> in the deviated. record. Yeah. We did deviate, and I don't know, just like the way that like the strings come in and like the his yeah. hooks in the chorus. Like, I don't know. I feel like it. It feels full, and it's not like. It's sitting in like a really good tempo and like swaying kind of, I don't know. I just, 
I did not expect to like the song, but I really, really enjoy it. Well, the fact that you said full, I feel the opposite because I really like the song, but I thought the the mix specifically on the percussion was like super thin. Like I wanted them, to, I wanted more low end in this mm. song. Yes, I think because the first four did have sweet, sweet bass, and this one didn't really. You missed it. I wanted, I yep. wanted more low end. Right. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. So all the lyrics that I read in the first verse, he says, dirty canvases to call my own protest lyrics. But I kept hearing protest limericks. <laughs> it's it's because you want the whole thing to be Celtic. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just picking up on, on the on the Yield Gaelic vibe. protest limerick. I don't know if I've ever known what that has. Like, I hear I'm like, I know every word, but I'm sure right. like whatever I was singing in my head, like if you had played it for me and then said like, what does it say? I would have had something to say, but it wouldn't yeah. have been. Wait, j- just listen. Protest limericks guard by the old pen. I know he's saying lyrics, but I hear limericks. I hear the M. Yeah. I That's hear, right? so weird. Right? This is like a Yanny. Like, is the dress well, Yanny Laurel? Well, if you it's... Google the lyrics, it says limericks in there. No, no way. Like, on one of the things that came <laughs> what, up, it well, said yeah. limericks. Because most of what... Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I brought this up. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that whoever... It's like, sometimes, probably, it's like Wikipedia, where somebody writes right. in, you know? But I yeah. just Googled it, and the first thing that came up, it said limericks. So, so at least one person out there, Kylan, also heard limerick. Yeah. There's like a there's like a phenomenon. Hank Green did a video, a TikTok video on this not too long ago on like like what that is. Like once you have it in your mind that this is what you're hearing, it's you're just gonna hear that. Yep. That's how I am with with Robin, the song by Robin Dancing on My Own. Oh yeah. Which is like an iconic club banger. It's, yeah, it's a great a fucking song. But like I will forever hear that song as, you know. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her, but I'm not the guy you're taking home because it's like, (laughs) I heard it in the first context. I heard it was in a gay club and I was like, this is a gay, this is a guy standing in the corner watching a guy kiss a girl. I'm not the guy you're taking home. The the lyric is girl. I'm not the girl you're taking home. But if once you hear it, guy you're taking home, that's the only way you're ever going to hear it. Yeah. Your brain just contextualized it. It made the most sense. I can't hear it another way. (laughs) My brain literally hears it that way every time. Limericks and guys, y'all. Limericks no. and Limerick, guys. Limerick is going to be for here on out. It's, that's that's yeah. the way I'm... Well, the, the, I feel like I have a stronger case on this one than on in our last episode on Super Chick, the Princes and Frogs, where I heard gentlemen have dongs instead of gentlemen have dogs. <laughs> and I could not get it out of my brain. And no one else was on board. But I, I'm glad I've swayed a couple people to possibly hear protest limericks. It's a little more believable, this one. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> yeah. This song felt like a million hours long, though. I knew <laughs> you would song. not like it. Yeah. It's too long. I, I To your point earlier too. about the mix, Kylan, like this whole album feels very, like the whole album feels very like mid-focused. Mm-hmm. Like, but I will say. Wait, what does that mean? Mid-focused. On the mids, right? Yeah, TJ. So like like the 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 frequencies like it seems like the stuff like in the middle um was kind of of pushed up which to be fair if they were going for like radio play at the time like that that was the it, because like most car move. speakers and like transmitting over FM radio and stuff 
those are the things that are going to come through strongest. So all the stuff that's kind of on the high end and the low end kind of gets lost in a lot of like, you know, when you're playing through your car speakers or through a boom box or, like or whatever. Box, so yeah. yeah. Do so we know how many of these songs, like besides, so Flood was on mainstream, but like, do we know how many of these songs might have been played on like Christian radio? Love song all for of a them. savior was for all sure. Of, yeah. All of them. Like Christian yeah. Radio was all? like, we don't have enough songs. We have Amy Grant. <laughs> she got canceled. Yeah. We got yeah, Rich yeah. Mullins. He's dead. He's not putting out anything new. Put out the entire jars of clay. Just play the, yeah. the album. For There's maybe back. one Newsboys song that we can play. So Shine. like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Exactly. EOD said Hyman in one of their songs. And, and yeah. uh, no, it's every play song. them anymore. <laughs> Corlin, I love your explanation of Christian radio. Like, this is a delight for me, just seeing through your eyes, man. <laughs> These songs the are art I'm, in him. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking the art at the tracks Cortland of their radio. You know, you got you got three minutes and thirty one seconds, three forty six, four forty five, four thirty four. I mean, in today's standards, those are really long songs. And then you have like a 35 minute track. So I'm, average, I'm not, I can't, it's I like can't seven. I'm, I feel yeah, like that's pretty typical of like first record though. You're like, you're really like, oh, we could do this. We could do this kind of thing. And then like track, like albums two and three come along and you figure out like where to like cut, cut the things fat. and make it like right. poignant yeah. and pointed. So mm-hmm. for sure, I get this that. one I mean, felt so like much. a filler to me. Like, mm. Just straight up. I like the idea, like the art in me thing. I feel like it could have been done a little more in a, like a more nuanced way and with a little more variety. That's kind of a theme throughout this album for me lyrically. Like, I want more variety. He repeats himself so much. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, man, I get it. For and sure. I, and like to your point, Megan, it wouldn't be a Christian music album if it didn't have just repetition after repetition. Like, that was, that was a tried and true method, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like, in their defense, they were kind of just working with the the world that they were in, right? Like, and what yeah. was kind of, like, what what made the most sense. I guess it's just, it's one of those things, like, listening in 2023 with my ears, I'm just like, all right, well, I've heard this song. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and thematically, this song, not to, like, beat a dead horse, but, like, it, thematically, this song, once again, is, like, the same trope of, like, dirty canvas, tragedy, you know, this, like, bad thing made good i had i was cynical you know it it is to me it feeds the same same kind of narrative that the other three songs have fed well and i think like earlier when i was pushing back on that it was more like it it didn't seem like there was still open vibes to like that rebellion or that questioning Mm, it felt like it felt like like i see where it could have been like i used to be this depraved soul and but now like Either exactly I am what I'm on saying. my knees confessing that depravity, or right. like I've I've I'm begging Jesus to like I want to love Jesus. Like now now I'm like having <laughs> let's go yeah. back and let me contend with the theology again for a second. Right. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like we need my to write were protest wrong. limerick. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> we sure do. I feel like this album was written like on like a a youth group high. Like mm-hmm. I, mm. I did some fucked up stuff earlier in the summer. I went to camp. Okay, I touched my girlfriend's now, boob, and now, yeah, I went to now camp. then I read, <laughs> I kissed dating goodbye, and yeah, and all the dirty house. canvases that I dirtied. Uh, you know, <laughs> you make new. They, they I feel make like new. it's this this revival type of narrative throughout a lot of the songs. Totally, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's why I connected with it at the time because I, I mean, I like, I can't even think of one thing. Like li- literally when I was in high school, I did so little wrong that I would just to feel a little bit rebellious, tell my parents that I was going to a movie with a friend and I would go to like Barnes and Noble to study. Like that's how, and then, and then I would like, I know. <laughs> That's amazing. And so like, but then yet I still got to this album and was like, yes, I am so depraved. Sometimes I think about doing the wrong thing. <laughs> That's the sweetest thing yeah. I've ever heard. I think about Such a rebel. doing the wrong thing. I could be I at think. a movie right now, but I'm studying at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> uh, My first think i'm having fun but i'm doing school work <laughs> but i went and bought the new jars of clay album <laughs> uh, hey we've all been there we've all been there all right guys no, let's we move on okay <laughs> no we haven't <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should all go on a date i'll get a sitter more yeah. often yeah. We'll all go on a date. i want to say before we start this next song i have no idea what this song is about this next one. This next one. Key, okay. And so if anybody had looked up like what the like okay. backstory is, I can't I listened to it five, six times. I can't figure it out. All right. Well, okay. we'll see if we can if we can uh, unearth it. Let's move on to track number six. He I love this intro. More kids. Pure joy. Yeah. This felt very reminiscent to me of like at the time U2. Mm. Right? With this guitar with the kind mm-hmm. of like flanger. I kind of almost got those vibes, but I said it's like diet how soon is now to me. Oh yeah. That's good. Mm. This intro is longer than I remembered it being. This song is every song is longer than you remember. <laughs> <laughs> and also it doesn't help Cortland with like like you don't even get any like glance and like what the lyrics might be about because like the song title is the most vague thing ever. <laughs> yeah. He. Okay. It's really... I have to tell you. I used to have a cabbage patch doll named He because it was a boy doll. And so when I got it as a gift, I was like, oh, I love her. And they were like, no, it's a he. And so then I just named the doll he. <laughs> That's so the best. It's great. So this song is about your cabbage patch doll. <laughs> exactly. Portland, you have your answer. There we go. Okay, but why did I you do hit have... your doll? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I, that's exactly. I was not about the cabbage patch kit, but like I do have to ask, what is that about? Like the uh, the rest of the lyrics actually do make sense to me, but when when they're saying this, "Daddy, don't you love me? Then why do you hit me? And Mama, don't you love me? Then why do you hurt me?" Like to me, I wondered, like, is this a whole like um trying to talk about how like it's painful to love your child into obedience or something but then it's like what so what is that yeah i don't know if he's like trying to be a character he's like trying to speak from the perspective of a kid that's like in an abusive Mm -hmm. home you know yeah Like, like very literal and that and then like pivot to like oh you can find peace and belonging with god like that was my very yeah. Like surface level read of the song, but well, and I will say like country in the nineties would have a lot of those themes. And right. I, like mm-hmm. music would. And so that wouldn't surprise me if it was that little very literal 
right? Like he's kind of pivoting a little bit from his normal kind of prosaic style to be a little more story, like narrative based. I don't know. Okay, but this chorus, listen close to the chorus here. Okay, this chorus, it feels like right at the end, he forgot he was singing. <laughs> and something happened off stage, like off screen. He was just like, and I fell down. Again. again. Where, where am I? What am I? What am I doing? No, he was yes. saying again for like another take. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, again. yeah. Let's oh, keep no, that no, one. That works. And, then, that and then he like did it again and then got distracted. Again. That's so funny. Again, that's amazing. Because so it like the cadence, like it's like da 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 da. Again, like it like bothers me. He doesn't even say it. It's the only one that has again. Yeah, that's funny. That bothers me so much. Yeah, I need to listen to that again. It's like he forgot what he was doing. Oh, I was singing. What? Again. All right, guys. DJ, can I borrow the soapbox? Oh, let me go get it, buddy. Oh, yes, please. please I've withheld until this long. Oh, I will. you have a speech oh, about this one. <clears throat> I'm ready because I, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I still don't get it. <laughs> no, it's, I'm going to be addressing the album as a whole. Okay. And oh. I, uh, things that I think that were are making, at least for, for me, like I feel like a lot of these songs kind of run together. And I think it's because it's like everything is just all like 20 acoustic guitars going at the same time. Like, yes. you know, like I love Thank like you. electric guitars and songs and there's like not an electric guitar to be found. Yeah. And it's all like, it, almost every song is like 98 beats per minute. It's all yes. just like yeah. same tempo. Yes. But I think the biggest reason for all of that, it took me a while to figure out like what was going on, but I think it's because they don't have, like there was a guy that played drums on this record, but he doesn't seem like, a member of the band so they're not writing these songs with a drummer it feels like mm-hmm. and i think when like the songs are just doing what they're doing and then you can put in like drum loops or have a guy play drums to them yep. but there's no like dynamic changes from like the drums coming yep. in and like building something mm-hmm. up or like changing up a beat like it's literally like the an whole beat the mm-hmm. same song and i yeah. feel like that and it definitely like on the first couple songs I feel like you have like surprise choruses because like in a, in a normal song, you would like feel the build and then like like there would be a release when the chorus hit and you're like, oh, right. I know this is the chorus, even though he hasn't started singing yet. But like definitely like on Liquid and I think thinking they're like, oh, I guess they're in the chorus now. Like, right. This is the chorus. Like it would just like come surprise you because they don't have yeah, the dynamic. That's what I was trying falls. to get at earlier yes. with the whole like meandering thing. Yes. Like I never felt like there was a solid transition into the chorus and which is part of why I felt like I couldn't hook into anything vocally. Hmm. But there was like like a build, like not a drum build, but they're like those early songs do have this build, right? Yeah. Like maybe it's happening in the other instruments, but without those drums to give like transitional. You mean all three acoustic guitars, TJ? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like they're all kind of, and that's what, that's what my point about the mids. Like it's like, those yes. guitars are like in the the mid range and like they're doing all the work, which is cool, but it is very like samey. It like creates one sort of texture throughout the album. 
Yeah. yeah, I love that you mentioned that, Josh, about the lack of the drummer being... Well, and I think that is why we don't have the big low... Like, why it's so mid-focused. We don't have mm. the big low-end, like, full-kit drum production, which would fill out the low-end a lot. And, like, the yeah. bass does a good job, but I feel like it's like they put the bass parts down and then put the drum loops in, whereas, like, the bass wasn't like, oh... And doesn't the bass doesn't have any, like... He doesn't get the lock-in, really, because he's right. playing as basically yeah. just, like a lower another guitar part that's lower mm-hmm. kind of thing instead of like locking in with a kick yeah so that was just something that was like as like that's the music those are the things in music that i enjoy and that's like this album lacked that so was that missing. was like a barrier for me yeah i'm doing my I get that yeah right, let me I grab had... that from you thanks thanks dj <laughs> oh is it your turn or are we no, just no no i'm up? just putting it away oh, okay okay cool yeah, I, I had a note that's kind of about that on the next song. So do we want to move on to track number seven, Boy on sure. a String? Yeah, I just, I'm still going to say I still don't get this song. <laughs> I, yeah, Portland you know what? We, we, we're all we tried you. and we, we, I we don't are get all It's like a Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't know who it is. I don't know what they're, I don't, I don't get it. We can move on. <laughs> Very gracious. Track number seven, Boy on a String. Holy Celtic woman, Batman. <laughs> I, I love how intense the fiddle is. It's so intense. Like, like compared to dancing. everything else. Like she's like dancing this, on stage. This is some river dance shit, man. I'm here for it. <laughs> Has anybody seen Celtic Woman? Like Yeah. Yeah. That's she was on this song, I swear. I swear to God. Probably. I mean, it's the same <laughs> like that's what I'm talking about. Like like river dance and stuff. It's the same kind yeah. of thing. Like Ugh. there was so distracting. Um. So, guys, do, do you think this song is about uh, being a puppet? <laughs> no. This, nah. No, this I mean, is, there's no I way, don't right? Think so. <laughs> this is like, like my second favorite song on the album. Yeah. Really? <laughs> to be it, honest, yeah. Second or third? I I think they had some good lyrics. I know, Kylan, you're not a lyric guy, but like. <laughs> I just really connected with the lyrics. I'm looking at these two and I'm like, this, I don't know. It was different. It was unique. It was different than what you were hearing on what Newsboys and Audio A. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I will, I will advocate for more songs to specifically reference Geppetto. <laughs> I, I am here for it. That is oh, a name. I was, More I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like Geppetto's not a name that we just like, like, I don't know anyone named Geppetto except for the Geppetto. So, you know, if any reference to it, I'm, I'm here for. <laughs> That's how I feel when there's songs about like the atmosphere and the stratosphere. I'm like, Oh, those are like, Bingo card songs. Like, right, right. Got it. Wait, bingo card or bongos? Bingo or bongo? <laughs> bingo. Good. I know. I know. All back, TJ. Damn. <laughs> that was really good. I appreciated that. Sorry. Um. Yeah, the lyrics. There were some like re- like lyrics that I really enjoyed, and then there was like, I fucking get the puppet metaphor, <laughs> dude. Like, I get it. Like. Okay. You want it to okay. be a little more like, elusive. Like, yeah, or just cut this song short. <laughs> or maybe don't title it Boy on a String. Like, <laughs> right. boy, yeah. we're not sure if he's on a string or not, but maybe. <laughs> boy, maybe on a string. <laughs> but they, you know for sure. 
Also, the 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 like fiddle line that feels like it's in a completely different like chordal mode or like scale mode from the chord progression, which made my ear like break into a thousand pieces. That was my big not in a cool way or a fun way. Yeah, it was like I my brain hurt. The chorus felt so messy. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like they like weren't playing to a metronome. They weren't like yeah, it was very sloppy. They were just it was super sloppy. They should probably invest in a drummer. <laughs> wait, didn't somebody talk wait. about that recently? Yeah, wait, wait, is that soapbox out? <laughs> Let me go get that. It's like somebody just let that fiddle player go ham, like just go crazy. <laughs> And then they were like, okay, when you we'll hire a Celtic woman, here. you're not going to tell her what to do. Like, <laughs> exactly. You're like, this she is what we're now. stuck with now. She and showed up, she played this. We got a right yep. to it. Yep. We've got, we got yeah, one we... take, 15 minutes. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was hard to square. And then I was left with the lyrics, and you're just wasting time. You don't feel anything. That's how I've felt about this album so far. <laughs> Ooh. Did we wow. did we hear from Cortland why it's like your second favorite on the record? Yeah, yeah. I want to hear that. I I I liked it. Uh, so lyrically and like so so on this whole like trajectory that I felt has been, which is like I was bad or I was I fucked up and I'm falling in love with Jesus again. Whatever. I thought that this was kind of a diversion from that. Like mm-hmm. I said, barring mm-hmm. the last song, which I don't fucking get at all, uh, <laughs> and don't feel fits, it this was like a pursuit of authenticity or mm-hmm. like an acknowledgement right. that like the rest of the album up until now maybe has been performative. Right. Whoa. Interesting. Interesting. Like it feels like some to me. I read it as, or I listened to it and read the lyrics as like you know like self-referential like meta yeah like like i feel like i'm i'm making this and now that i've like said like i'm falling in love with jesus and i've you know made the dirty canvas clean or whatever now how am i going to actually be authentic in this spotlight as interesting as as somebody who can't fuck up you're bringing it (laughs) you're you're totally reframing this whole thing for me right now (laughs) Yeah, I just so, was never that deep like that. that was like, <laughs> that's great, and I liked I mean, it. Like, and I liked the viol- the violin. I was into it. Play the fiddle, yeah, man. I grew well, up going to Branson yeah. five times a year, man. Yeah, dude. I've I've heard enough. I've sat in enough picker circles. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, like to to piggyback a little bit on on, on what you're saying, just in in general, like lyrically. And a little bit sonically, it feels like kind of a left turn, which at this point in the album, I kind of needed, which mm. is probably why. Yeah, I I appreciated it a little more. I didn't I didn't think about all that, all that context that that you gave. But I love that. Yeah, I love your read on it. That's <laughs> really great. Redeems it. I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's if it's accurate in any way. No, I don't care. Matter. That's what doesn't I. Matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. This came out in '95. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to the Big Kahuna track number eight. We've all been waiting for it. Flood. <laughs>
the thing is, I almost like I don't even know necessarily what to say about this. Like, except that this also has the plugged-in acoustic sound, which I oh, fucking hate. Yes, <laughs> but right. this song freaking rips. Adrian Ballou. Like, <laughs> it's funny because it's so catchy. But do you ever kind of think like, what are they even saying in this song? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But then you're like, it doesn't really matter because it's so good. Because you're just singing along. Yeah. Is it about Peter? About the flood. It's got to be some of it in there. Yeah. Right. It reminds like, me of the 500 Miles song. Going to be like a uh, yeah. Right. Like, you I know, when he's like walking through the water. Just because they're like, miles. it's very specific. It has a very specific number in it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that could yeah. be, I don't know. That's not why I thought it. But like, they just have similar vibes. That could be it. Well, I, I like too. This is the only song on the record where he seems to be kind of pushing out of the vocal register that he's comfortable yeah. in. Yes. He does yep. the kind of high thing. He doesn't do that anywhere else on the record. Yeah. This style of singing is like, mm. it didn't really show up as much. Well, yeah, because he's like really low for the verses and then like goes really high for the like, so like this one has like, you have very discernible like, oh, this is the chorus and like, because he's like right. big now and yeah, everything and there's big drums comes in. Too. Yes, there's drums. To your point about the drums being a... yeah important dynamic the drummer's like finally i get to shine. <laughs> it's just the the drummer and the celtic woman just like hanging <laughs> out on nuts. this song um i thought about this before uh this is like a tangent but of like this would take nope, some no research. tangents allowed. okay no tangents. no tangents it's related allowed. to this but it's like okay what All are right. bands that have like their biggest song is like deep and buried on a record like this is track eight Mm-hmm. Like, because I thought of it when I was because, yeah. like, the Smiths' "There's a Light" is track nine on the Queen is Dead. Like, right. it's the second to last song. It's their biggest song. So I'm like, what other bands out there? And now I'm like, oh, Jars of Clay is one of them. Like, track eight mm-hmm. on their first record. Pretty. Did you look the up record. some others? No, I just thought of it whenever we were talking about that because it's something that I've wanted to yeah. talk about before with Kylan and TJ. Like, what mm. are other bands that their big track is like way deep in the record? Oh yeah, I gotta think about that because yeah. unique question. I like that. Mm-hmm. But jars of clay, we can. I think we can add them to that list. That is for now sure. Only yeah, the yeah, yeah. And jars of clay right now. All right. So I'm as sure there are now, many others. It's just the Smiths and jars of clay. <laughs> so we yeah. we need we need to add to that list because that's just a weird ass list. It's just two bands. <laughs> JPJ, you 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 said this one had like a relatively big producer, right? Yes, mm-hmm. on this, yeah, this song he produced Liquid and this song are the only two that he did for the record. Mm. So I got to imagine they planned for this one to be the commercial, the larger commercial success. Oh yeah, but then why did they put it so low? Like I don't know because this whole album kind of to me screams of that like first album thing of like we just have a bunch of songs that we've been working on for however many years we're just going to kind of throw them all out with not a whole lot of thought put to sequencing. I think it's a good thing. They didn't put this song like second or third or first on the record. Cause it would be the rest of the record disappointing. Yeah. Because no one would listen to the rest of the record. (laughs) I wouldn't be doing this. this That's my theory. (laughs) It needed an energy lift like for the side B at this exact point. And so Mm. that's why it's there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny to think about because you know, a lot of conversation, I'm sure you guys have talked about this before, but I see conversations happening all, all the time on TikTok and YouTube and about, 
you know, how now in Spotify and playlist culture, you know, people are releasing, you know, many albums release four or five, six singles before their album even comes out. Right. And we don't listen to albums anymore. We listen to playlists. We listen to songs we like. We listen to, you know, like, because we don't have to put the CD in the CD player anymore. We don't have to right. put the record on the player anymore. And and so the structure of of putting an album together is less important now. But in 1995, I mean, a lot of these people had to flip a tape to hear right, the second right. half, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there was a physical activity. Derek Webb talked about this when I saw him at his house show. Um, and it was, like, he talked... You guys he, were he, hanging out? He was like... Oh, yeah, he, like, your best friend, Derek Webb. Post-lunch. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, grab me a drink. I got something to tell you. Go no. <laughs> he... So he w- he talked about how um, he has a new album, Jesus Hypothesis, that's coming out, and he is very intentional about like what's the first song and what's the closer. Like he has a whole mm. thing, and because um, when he ended that show, somebody had made a request, and he's like, "I will play that later." And it was because it was like a a closer of one of his albums, and he wanted to play it at the end. So and then he mm-hmm. he ended up closing with his like the way he closes concerts, but. It was interesting to hear him say, like, no, this is like I very intentionally like feel like this this song could wrap it up, you know? And and I and he mentioned that like I think it was Prince released an album and it was just like one long track because he he was so determined to have people listen to it in the listen order that it, it was meant to order. be listened right. to. Yeah. 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 And 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 I think the artists obviously do care a lot still. Yep. But consumers, I mean, it's like we've been reduced to what I is know sounds good on 45 seconds but that's what i like about vinyl like that Mm because i i feel like i connect with the music and i connect with it the way the artist intended Mm -hmm. right yeah i mean you're you're in good company we're big album people yeah we have a whole podcast about it (laughs) (laughs) have you heard of it it's called limerick jams now i'm gonna put it on (laughs) limerick jams (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no i i that that's why yeah i don't know i'm i'm kind of struggling with with the placement of this song on this record because i i agree with 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 both points of like i think it's really smart where it came in the record because there's i'm starting to get some like acoustic rock fatigue yep. at this point and it's like it's it's a big pick me up but also it's like well, fuck, I got to get through seven songs to get to like the best song on the record, which which goes back to my thing of like, it feels like this is the big song and everything else kind of is there just to like hold it up, just to have a record. So you can say, are you like you have an album and with this one great song on it? So I don't know. I don't know. It, Why do you think we had the single? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but you got to think of it in, in the context of the whole record. Here's what too, I think. You know? I, I think like the all the other tracks were for like the people who wanted like Jars of Clay, a worship band, basically like in like a folk rock worship centric band. And then Flood was so that Jars of Clay, the folk rock worship band could exist. Mm-hmm. Like Flood yeah. was the moneymaker. Like they needed to get that to like push that thing up on the mainstream radio and like get those royalties yeah. and then keep making the Jesus music. Yeah. I think I think that that was probably why the crickets were there is because they were playing this around a campfire at church camp. Mm-hmm. And they were is. like, oh, 
crickets. It, it doesn't it sound feels... right without crickets, guys. I've heard so many times with the crickets. <laughs> this I need this the album crickets. could be played almost in entirety around a campfire at church camp. And oh, for sure. It's like, true. Three guys it probably on was. acoustic guitars. It probably was oh, yeah. for two years before it came out. <laughs> Corlin, I feel so bad. You're like answering all my questions and like redeeming all these problems <laughs> that I'm bringing up. But we still TJ's can't gonna make vote Bob makes for you. <laughs> we haven't got it. Over. We haven't got it all the way there. Yeah, uh, that's true. All right, we got two more songs, guys. I got one so, last note though. Oh, okay. Go Did for you it. guys know that KJ52 sampled this on his debut record? I didn't, and I should Didn't. know that. That's incredible. I'm a huge fan. Yes, oddly. <laughs> is it called know like Seventh Avenue but... or something like that? Oh, you don't know who KJ52 is? You don't know oh, KJ52? Oh, All right. Oh, Megan. Well, you got to come back for a KJ52 episode. Yes. We've, 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 been, uh, we've been holding off on KJ52. I don't we know have. why. He's come up quite a lot. Yeah, on have, you guys done, have you guys done John Rubin? We haven't done John We haven't done any rap yet. We haven't done any rap. I want to be in on both the KJ52 and John Rubin. <laughs> All right, noted. I want to be in I'm on joining grits. the podcast. That's who I want. Grits, yes. yeah, yeah. We've referenced grits a lot too. Yeah, we haven't. Especially yeah, recently. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about the other guys, but for me, it's like I. I want to find like a really good guest. Yeah. I'm not to qualified talk about, to talk about hip hop. To talk yeah. about like yeah, yeah that's instead fair. of just like three white dudes in their 30s talking about hip-hop that's done by white dudes like i just i feel like there needs to be a little more context so i want to get a like a super good guess but kg52 man i mean i feel like he's come up he's come up a lot we talked about him on the last episode in almost every guest verse on the super chick record that's true yeah he comes up a lot but yeah this song it's called lift me up not flood on his record oh that's funny Mm -hmm. Hmm. okay guys let's move on to track number nine we're almost Speaking there. Of deconstruction. Worlds apart. In recorded music. I didn't realize this song had such a long, quiet intro like that. <laughs> Every yeah. song. I didn't realize. <laughs> they they do that a lot. That's a yeah, lot of songs. Really they have it. like blank space at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, this song. I can I rant about it yet? Please hey, let please. me get you the soapbox. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Oh, yes, I'd like the soapbox. DJ, <laughs> get her the soapbox. There you go. So I told you I listened to this all on a run and I was like, oh, I was like jamming and like, this is good. And then I got to flood and I'm like, yes, I'm like running. And then I got to this song and I was like, fuck no. This song is so like I I, I was excited to listen to the song because I remember I knew all the words and I knew even like the part where it gets really fast I was in poetic and all that. I, mm. I could always say that all. And I was listening to the lyrics and I was like, oh, wow, these specific lyrics impacted me in a super toxic way like that this was the only song that i couldn't decompartmentalize that and Mm. like like figure that or compartmentalize that whatever it's the only song i couldn't separate that with and and it was weird because i i used to love it and then i realized like no because it's all about like i'm so depraved and i'm like the reason that there's a nail on jesus you know it's just like 
I'm so awful. And I, and I tried so hard to live that like humility, quote unquote humility, like so hard. And then Corland, say your take because I listened to it again and totally changed again. Go ahead. So I a hundred percent that is Megan was listening to it with the correct narrative in her mind. I think how this song was written. I, I have this, I have this thing for me. So I, I, I grew up super Christian and then went into ministry and was doing ministry for like 10 years. And I have this thing where like, for me, the narratives and the metaphors around salvation apply so much better and in more real ways to me in relation to my deconversion uh, than they ever did to my salvation experience. And, and it's because of that experience that I had in doing ministry and et cetera. And so when I listen to the song, like the first stanza that says, I'm the only one to blame for this. Somehow it all ends up the same soaring in the wings of selfish pride, flew too high. And like a chorus, I collide with a world. I try so hard to leave behind. I, I listen to that and I read that from the perspective of pursuing ministry, pursuing this life of building something that is going to change the world and then realizing how, like, how much selfishness, how much pride, how much like bullshit was behind so much of that you were the boy on the how i yeah how 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 i was basically working against actual love and actual redemption because i was pursuing this like ministry this 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 holy mantle that i held mm. and the next line is like to rid myself of all but love and to give it a die i feel like that illustrates what it was for me to deconvert leave the ministry and actually fucking love the people around me that i had been so busy trying to build a ministry uh to change the world and was leaving them to die in the wake of that and so i mm -hmm. i see this entire song you gotta reframe it quite a bit but as a deconversion song uh, and I really see my deconversion really as a born again experience. Uh, and I like appropriating, <laughs> recontextualizing the language of born again salvation to the experience I had of like realizing the facade of my Christianity and how many people were actually around me hurting uh, that I could love if I gave that up. So that was my context listening to the song. So I texted Megan and I was like, listen to the song, but it's a deconversion song. Well, and like, I, I at first I was like, no, that's that's dumb. But then I listened to it that way. And like, I, I did, it did, like, I was able to be like, oh, I can totally, especially that line about um, to rid myself of all but love. Because I that's like a huge thing that I feel like I'm about. Like, I feel like I deconstructed because I loved too much. Right. Mm -hmm. And so- um, but also, just as an aside note, when you were reading those lyrics, Cortland, I had to go back because that line and like a chorus, I collide. Do you know that my entire life, all the time I've listened to this album, I thought it said and like Icarus, I collide, like the mythical 
figure. Well, that makes sense in context of the right uh, of the lyrics. And I actually commented one of my one of my notes was like his delivery on like a chorus feels really weird. And I didn't even put that together, but I bet that's intentional. He says, right? "I flew he too says, high in the line right. for it," yeah. which is yeah. Icarus makes reference. way more sense. Hold on, yeah. Maybe that's a miss. I think no. I yeah, think I that's think on purpose, though. Is it? it but no, I think it is. It could like be a, a double chorus. meaning. I think, yeah, maybe they no, wrote I, it wrong on the lyrics we googled. It's just like that other one, you know. Maybe it is Icarus. I like the possibility that it could be either or both. Yeah, I I don't know. I would. I was thinking it could be limerick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like a limerick. I I'm collide. not the guy you're taking home, Cortland. <laughs> if anyone could pronounce. Oh, see Turn another Icarus one. into Limerick, it'd be Dan. You could do it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I there think is that another one that says Icarus. So I think it's like maybe the internet's wrong sometimes. No, because I I was like, I heard an Icarus reference on this record, right? Like, is it right. on another song or is it this song? No, it must be this. So, okay. No, it's not on this one. No, I'm pretty sure there. Uh, Josh, I'm right there with you. I don't know. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, there's an Icarus reference. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But. Geppetto, Icarus. Geppetto, yeah, and all the stories. Just, just <laughs> hit all the heavy hitters. They were in college. They were probably taking like a <laughs> yeah. philosophy yeah. class. I'm surprised there's not class. like an Ahab reference with all the all the song titles named after types of liquids. And like Ren Fair and <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Cortland, to, to go back to what you were saying, I that is a, a really interesting take on this song. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, I thought that was really profound. I, and I do, I love the line 100%. to rid myself of all but love. Might be my favorite lyric on on the record. That's an yeah. interesting, like, reframing of this song. Yeah. That should be my next, that should be my lyric tattoo. There you go. <laughs> there you go. We'll get that in Bozeman. I, yeah. so, like, I, I think if you, if you recontextualize Christian vernacular around the world and in, in, instead of thinking about the world as like outside of the church or the lost, uh, and you think about that as like Christendom and like Christian culture, uh, then it really changes the way you hear the call to like leave the world, leave what's comfortable. Because to me, growing up Christian, and maybe it's just my context and my experience, but for me, leaving that culture was kind of the like hero's journey type of like going out into what is uncomfortable. And I was like, I sat in youth groups my whole life and told like, you got to get uncomfortable. You got to get, you got to get, you know, outside of your comfort zone and all this sort of stuff. And like, for me, like leaving Christianity was that experience. It's what I had to do to like have that experience. Hmm. And so now when I listen to a lot of Christian metaphor i really you know kind of contextualize that as you know leaving the world or leaving the world behind is the world i grew up in which is christianity which is christendom mm. that that culture yeah. dang man yeah. pastor Cortland yeah. taking us to joseph campbell post church church <laughs> post church <laughs> right. church that, that that's going to be Corlin and TJ's new new podcast, Joseph Campbell's Post Church Church. <laughs> All right, Let's I'm going to look man. it up. It's got to be available. Go. I don't think anyone's got that one yet. Come on, man. I'm here for it. <laughs> That's good. I just want to say I really like this song too. Like 
this was a surprise one for me to like really like as well. So it might be like my second favorite on the record. Nice. Josh, did you like the organ bed? Yeah, the organ bed's good. I really love the kind of call and response with like the female vocals because we haven't had mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. the record at all, but like the back and forth of like them, like I thought that was a really good dynamic and I like the line, like take my world apart of like yeah. having like, if you're using that as like a perspective to like God to take your world apart and conform it to his instead of like being like, God, just come fit into my little world that I want kind of thing. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a challenging line, but also like a really good line. This is the first song that felt of appropriate length for the kind of (laughs) song that it is. Oh, Yeah, it's long, but it's like that kind of song. You know what Uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's over five minutes long. And it's like the second to last track, so you want it, it's kind of winding it down. Right, but it's kind of like a big ballady kind of thing. Yep. And we have some drums. And it's emotional. But there's like this desperation in it that you like, there's certain songs that you listen to when you want to feel a way. And so there's like the Mm -hmm. desperation, the desperate emotion. And it's like when you feel that way, this helps you feel that way even further. Mm, Yeah. It's a good company when you're in that frame of mind or heart. Yep. Was it you, JPJ, who who said the call and response? Did you mention that? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, foreshadowing to like for me and maybe this is me reading into it but like is a second wave emo like like that was really huge Mm. maybe it's third wave i always get confused between second wave and third wave emo but like that was huge like stray light run take it back sunday Mm -hmm. like that kind of in the round call and response type of chorus Mm. was huge in that scene and this was Mm. obviously like five years before that I think I definitely pick up on like you think about Straight Light Run, especially with the like female vocal. Right. It yeah. really kind of foreshadows that style. Maybe it's why I like it. Yes. Okay. Also, we just have to take a moment and and comment on the fact that yes, Taking Back Sunday was brought up on the podcast and it wasn't me that brought it up. I know. <laughs> wow. Good job. I feel like I bring up Taking Back Sunday every episode Such right like buddy. pretty much <laughs> yeah i know that's why corlin's gonna be my puzzle buddy <laughs> we're gonna just listen to taking back sunday oh, hell yeah puzzles i i gotta tell you taking back sunday a note about them is that i never got to see them live when they were in their prime and i've seen them three Same. times live Same. since they've been in their prime and goddamn they're not, they're not good they're not good oh they're my god okay good. i first they're so saw bad them- I first saw them live back when John joined the band again. This was like 2018. My, okay. my wife yeah. and I saw them at uh, Crystal Ballroom. Okay. Yeah. They were so bad. They were so bad. bad. And then and then John Nolan in the bar after the show did a DJ set. <laughs> and I went and tried to like talk to him and he was wasted. And it was like, it was just like such a bummer because they were like one of those bands for me. Like, no. One of the yeah. like top five bands, and they fucking suck. Welcome His voice to... has been shot. Like, like yeah. I saw. So the first time I saw them live was on the Blink One Eighty Two reunion tour that they did. Oh yeah, when they got back together and did the reunion tour mm-hmm. in like two thousand thirteen, something mm-hmm. like that, two thousand twelve, and it was Blink, uh, Taking Back Sunday, and Weezer, and even then they were done. Like they were, uh, they and and yeah. well, Adam's it, voice has been like sounds like it's been shot for a while. 
It's yeah. been when shot they did the ten year tell all your friends like live recording. It's like Adam, like that doesn't sound good, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I just recently saw them open for MCR, and oh yeah, it was disappointing again because MCR got on and fucking killed it. They, I mean, yeah, that dude. It has the same yeah. voice he's had forever. Yeah, y'all got to save this for Kylan's uh, emo podcast. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's been uh, TBS Jams now. All right, <laughs> I'm keeping, I'm editing this episode and I'm keeping all that in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to the last track, guys. We made it, we're here. Well, maybe, I don't know. I might die by the end of this. This next track is 27 goddamn minutes long. <laughs> We're gonna listen to the whole thing. I right? can't yes, wait. of course, of course. We have to. <laughs> Last track is, of course, "Blind." And I wish I was deaf. I hate this song. <laughs> You can cut that. Um, <laughs> if I want to. Leaving it. Uh, I don't know. Well, here's the, th- the actual song in it, I like. I wish there was more stuff like this on the record. The string arrangement's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. But just in general, like as a rule, if you have 27 minutes of audio on a single track, regardless of what that track is... Fuck you. <laughs> do, I mean, do we know the backstory? Like what? I don't I don't remember there being a story. What's the story? So all I know is it's like it is straight up outtakes. It feels like tape. Like there are yeah, cuts yeah. and it's outtakes of the like the string section. And well, maybe there's two like songs in here and stuff. Plus outtakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I forgot about yes. that. <laughs> so I didn't know if we were addressing the second song right now or not, but. We can. I don't know what else to say about There's it. There's a hidden so. track here, guys. I, I like forgot the about track. the hidden it, track because like the, the outtakes track. were so distracting. Right. <laughs> so they, f- I focused on the outtakes. Yeah, the, the, the hidden track feels real, like kind of rock and roll jam for Jars of Clay. It does. Uh, is this like a little Dave Matthewsy? Is that didn't Dave do that whole mm-hmm. hidden track thing? Mm-hmm. A lot of bands did, especially did. Did. yeah. Everybody did it in like the late '90s, early 2000s. The hidden track at the end of the album was the thing. It was the band yeah. winking at everybody. But then, uh, okay, like TJ, you listened to the entirety of the outtakes, right? Yeah. At one point, one of the like maybe the violinist or the cellist or something is like having a conversation with somebody next to her about how she doesn't trust passenger vans because they're not safe to drive in. <laughs> because even if what? you wear a seatbelt, you could just go right through the windshield. I don't remember any of that. If you turn it okay. way up, you can hear people having like the most boring, <laughs> random, non-conversations. So it's low enough that like you have to turn it up pretty yeah. loud. Yeah. I mean, they were, it was all like, pretty low and this is all between them doing takes of this string arrangement for this song do you so think it, they like, know that this is that long maybe this was a mistake <laughs> somebody that's back to Instagram one going uh, yeah. no one would do this on purpose <laughs> i think those are two different thoughts i think no they didn't know but also i don't think it was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> once again this is like classic first album thing you're like yeah, let's put all the extra. Well, also tape in 1995, have, like yeah, in terms of like 
the amount of information you could put on a CD. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I mean, we have all this extra room. Like, let's just put some fun stuff. I don't know. Yeah, the operative... have these recordings. Were they good? I don't know, but we, they, I, we have them recorded. They exist. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. I mean, like, I... Well, I didn't even listen to And I have a two-year-old. The... Like, I, like... There's so much <laughs> other shit I have going on in my day. I'm not going to sit and listen to this. Like, I could not. <laughs> I tried, and I could not do it. Couldn't you have just moved the bar a little bit on the whatever app you're listening to? That's so complicated. Why, like, why, why are you making my life more complicated? Like, I don't need to do that. Did you do it, Megan? Did you? No, listen I to didn't the, listen to the whole uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like. I, I said. I got back from my run. I heard the song and I turned it off. Yeah. yeah I moved. The, I moved the thing around and tried to find. I didn't even hear the second song. I moved it around a little bit. I, I, because if there are outtakes before the hidden track. There are outtakes after it because I kind of scooted towards the end and there were still outtakes. It ends with outtakes. Yes, the outtakes right. are well, at the end. Yeah, yeah. The okay. first song, Blind, I think properly ends around like three and a half-ish minutes right. and then there's like 70 seconds and then 4-7 starts like at 5.59 or something like that. Yeah. So it's pretty I mean, early to be fair, on. Like, like I'm playing that, it right it now. Is. And so it's still just in the silent part. So there's another, I didn't hear that track i didn't listen because I, I skipped too far ahead i guess so this is the first time i've heard this well like, i love this okay. I, i'm here for this, this all iteration day. of me yeah i liked it and this is the verse that the band name comes from <laughs> but they don't say jars of clay they say earthen vessels because that'd be a little too on the nose say the band name mm-hmm I don't know. It would be like having a song called Boy on a String about... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, oh, you want to talk about On the Nose? (laughs) All right, Geppetto. Like, (laughs) that sounds like a protest limerick to me. I don't know about this hidden track. It's not Skittles and Combos. (laughs) It is not Skittles and Combos. Yeah, but listen to those drums. They got, like, real drums. Okay, I like... This may be the best track on the album. (laughs) Right? Didn't you just say you didn't know about it? <laughs> I didn't know. I, this is the first time but, I heard but it. But then, but then those drums came in, man, and that'll that'll sell you on it. And it's just funny, like so many of the songs didn't have like full drum production, but they're like, let's do it for the hidden track. For the hidden track. track. Yeah. Why? Like, what is that decision? What is that? Who Not does a good that? One. Not a good one. That's wild. <laughs> Is that some electric guitar? Is that the only electric guitar on this record? Yes, that's why I said this is like rock and roll. They put that on the bonus track. Rock and roll on the record. I sound like I'm a million years old. Is this like the stepping stone of like what got them from this to Much Afraid? Does Much Afraid sound like this? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, Much Afraid was also a a a lost album for me. Yeah, I came. I I came in on if I left the zoo. It, I saw it at a record store for like, I don't know, 90 bucks or something. I didn't get it, but I was, it, it's not an easy thing to come by. But I was the like, vinyl oh. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cor- Cortland and I are going to spin, spin off and just cover If I Left the Zoo. Yeah. Because we're going to do it If I Left the Zoo. <laughs> you know what? I don't <laughs> know a, if I've a ever. 10 episode, listened. one track <laughs> ten per episode, <laughs> <laughs> limited series. I don't think yeah. I've ever listened to it, to be honest. Listen, listen to that episode after they record it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a great, it's a great, it's a great album. That ten episodes, Megan. You talk so much shit about how how we're young and we just don't understand. But if you didn't <laughs> listen to "If I Left the Zoo," which came out in nineteen ninety nine, like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Where you don't understand. 
I got indoctrinated with passion worship music in the 2000s. Like it was not like BCM was too, like I I stopped going to Cornerstone. I went to college and it was all worship all the Mm -hmm. time. Chris Hall, mm. John, what a weird like. Chris Tomlin, why do I do that? Turn. Charlie Hall, Charlie Hall, you were Charlie Hall. Yeah. Like, that's like. Did I tell you guys the story of how of I, I sold fingerless gloves to Charlie Hall when I worked at Urban Outfitters <laughs> for two weeks? Never, that's a story for a different time. <laughs> no, but, but that's um, story. <laughs> Good story. Right? Honestly, I, you know what? Okay. To be fair, that's kind of the whole story. So no, <laughs> you told since it. Since we're telling stories like this, I just preached last weekend at Grace Point, and I also made the same mistake. I mixed up and I said Chris Hall and Charlie Tomlin when it was oh, supposed right. to be Charlie Hall and Chris Tomlin in the sermon. And afterwards, I was debriefed with the pastor Josh Scott, and I was like, I I thought it went well, but I, I fucking messed up their names. And he was like, "That's okay. Everybody just thinks that you're so done with those guys that you don't even care what the, their names are anymore. Like they're you're just like whatever, oh, yeah. you know." So Chris I was like, Hall "Okay, that's exactly." Charlie it. Tomlin, uh, dude, Chris Tomlin. I saw Chris Tomlin so three months after my deconversion. Somebody trying to like bring me back into the fold bought me tickets to chris tomlin at red rocks and i went and man i i drank like Eight beers. They were selling beer. <laughs> I would be the yeah, only person. That was the way to see Chris, Chris Tomlin, Tomlin show. In there was no <laughs> line. I like you never get no, no. line at Red Rocks for the beer. There was no line, so I was just like another one, That's and I was so like eight funny. beers deep, just freshly atheist, watching Chris Tomlin at Red Rocks, and I cried. It was a beautiful show. He Aww. did a fucking beautiful. He put on a great performance. Uh, and I was impacted by it. It still didn't believe in God, but loved. <laughs> so that's a loved great show. That show. sounds like a great show experience. It's the power of Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, good. yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful Chris story. Chris Tomlin at Red Rocks drunk is like. Me drunk, crying. Kind of like my dream concert. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if I'm being honest. But not Chris Tomlin. I'm honestly like, surprised you weren't that at that, that show. That to Kylan. me, like, spiritually feels on the same level of like taking mushrooms and going camping like that <laughs> yeah. that would like that's our second take, date right we're all going to yeah. Yeah. Yes. that's yes Please. that's where that we're going like takes all those same boxes for me <laughs> yeah, um okay memory. guys we did it we got through jars of clay's first record jars of clay earthen vessels um <laughs> So thanks, Josh. That I was like for that. You. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> um, okay, so we have come to the point in the show where we give our final verdicts on whether Jars of Clay was a flop or a bop. I'm not gonna lie, because do you hear the outtakes of, now? Of, I'm here. Oh, do you yeah, hear the outtakes? Right They're in the background. I forgot I was still playing this. Oh, I could never forget. <laughs> <laughs> because of after part A, Megan and Cortland, when you guys like started talking to people online and asking about pressure. this record, Josh is right. Like it did put a lot of pressure no. on us. So I'm I'm a little bit anxious how this is going to turn out. Okay, but will you tell me you're still gonna be neutral when you vote though? You're not you're not gonna be skewed because of the pressure. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we're we're, we're Kylan all... has his journalistic integrity. Come on. I mean, maybe. I mean, the the thing is, we're all people, and we all have different experiences, and and <laughs> the things that happen in our lives and how we're feeling day to day can affect you know how we feel about 
certain albums or movies or television or experiences in general. So regardless of how I end up right now, Josh is going to probably challenge me on it at the end of the year. Oh, definitely. Revisit our flops or bops. So all that to say, guys, I think this album is a hard flop. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I'm shocked. I know. I did not enjoy it. I listened to it three times. And I tried to give it the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I did. I did give it the benefit of the doubt. And I came in with a very open mind. But, you know, the same thing happened when we covered Jesus Freak. I was like, for sure, like our very, very first episode was Mm -hmm. Jesus Freak. And we're like, well, yeah, this album fucking bops. Like, it is like one of the greatest albums of all time. And it's just like so long. (laughs) And there's not a lot for me to to like hook into. Okay, so for me, my flopper bop criteria is if I will find myself listening to this record either in its entirety or the majority of it at some point in the next year. And this whole album felt like background noise to me. Mm. Um, it was an interesting first album, but... Like Cortland and I have both said before, like if I left the zoo was had more of an impact on me personally. So I don't have a lot of nostalgia attached you would to say this it was record. Unforgetful to you? Oh my god! <laughs> Get out of here! Just, just, just nice. You're fired. Um, so unforgetful. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying to bear my soul here and take the brunt of all of the criticism that we're going to receive. You might not have I'm to sorry, take I'm all sorry. of it, Kyle. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know. I Because I didn't have a lot of nostalgia associated with it, and I was kind of, I had a lot of space to come at it relatively clean, there wasn't a lot musically that I, like, super connected with. The whole album felt about 30 minutes too long. Or 27 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. For, did. That's a very good point. So it wasn't my favorite, but I'm I'm glad I got the experience because it did give me a little more context for Jars of Clay as a band. But it, it felt very freshman album to me. Yeah, I think that's actually fair. It kind of yeah. fell into the same trap, like I said, of like Sixpence of just like this whole mid 90s like coffee shop yeah. thing which i i just personally don't super connect to um it's good background music it's definitely good in the background of like a christian mingle ad but beyond <laughs> that like i can't hook into a whole lot uh so unfortunately i am going to have to it, this is my first flop of no it's my second flop of 2023 Damn, I'm coming in. We're not that far in. I'm coming in. We're not that far in. Damn, cranky. Look out, I know. I am. I did bop it. Okay, it's my first flop. Yeah, this is your first of the year. Oh, I did bop Super Chick. Okay, my first flop of 2023. See, this is why we keep Josh around. I have no idea what happens episode to episode. Yeah, I I'm I'm sorry everybody. I'm 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 sorry to our listeners. I'm sorry to our guests. I'm sorry to my co-hosts. Poll participants. I'm sorry. Your, your punishment is that you have to listen to Worlds Apart 13 times before you fall asleep tonight <laughs> and just That's feel fine. the depravity of I had to what do it's that like past, to call the past, it a flop. 
two weeks anyway. So That's great. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Who is next? Who who else wants to say? Josh, a nominate Josh. All right. APJ. As a one, Megan has already decided the yeah. order that we're going. All in. right, perfect. So I'm going to defer to her. She came <laughs> onto our show and told us how it's going to go down. I know that's the how whole it works. Order, the rest of <laughs> Megan was a guest on my show first. Now she co-hosts. She basically runs the podcast. <laughs> that's my mo. Like I'm her co-host don't be surprised. now. I'll be hosting with you next week. That's fine. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> that's great. Okay, All right, Josh. Well, you're next. I'll go then. <laughs> you know, guys, artists so subjective. How could we ever think that a simple thumbs up, thumbs down rating could encapsulate something that like these four guys and many others poured so much heart and soul and hard work into, you know, like, hey, welcome to church jams now. How could we be so bold? Far be it for me to like think myself important to do so. So like, why should we even like have to rate it, right? Josh, Josh, how dare you not be able to see? How dare you not be able to see the art in me and my thumbs (laughs) system, Josh? (laughs) Come on, Uh, Josh, you're acting like a child. (sighs) I am. I feel like there's worlds apart between us, man. Yeah, I'll just say I think to continue the album stuff. I think Liquid is the perfect album opener for this because it's telling you how all the dynamics and arrangements on this record will feel. Ooh. It's all very fluid, nothing really discernible. It's kind of <laughs> going in and you can't grab on to like, oh, this is like definitely the chorus or I loved that drum build. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or wow, a cool electric guitar part. Oh my God. So, the where did that soapbox come from? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot. I, I left it out. I forgot to put it away. Sorry. I, I do have some things I did like about it. Like, I feel like it was different from a lot of whatever, at least from my experience of what 90s CCM was happening at the time. Um, felt very much more artistic. Um, it didn't, at least, Kylan, you mentioned U2, but for me, I didn't have any moments where I was like, this is very U2, which I'm pretty sure I've said about every 90s CCM <laughs> record that we've covered on the podcast. That's your Taking just, Back Sunday. U2 that's my is your Taking Back yes. Sunday. Yep. Exactly. So it's like, I feel like it had those strengths and that it's like different enough and they went full acoustic, which I wasn't like crazy about, but I mean like they committed to it and they went with it. So I was like, do I need to give this like a technical bop so like Church Jams Now can continue to be a podcast after <laughs> we if, if, if we all flop this record? We're risking the radio play of Flood on we mainstream are. radio right now we for are. our podcast. And and I want to say this as someone who really loves their 2009 record, The Long Fall Back to Earth, and I really like hmm. Inland, their 2013 record. So I've like listened to like much later jars and I like that sound. But for this, I'm not crazy about it. So I think, and like Kylan said, my flopper bop criteria is do I see myself listening to this again? And as of right now, I don't. So I'm going to say flop. Wow. But I did really like World Guys, Apart this is a big deal. Jo- Josh is. Yeah, this is crazy. Josh, can you, can you read the stats from our 2022, our flopper bop ratios? Oh man, I'm like seventy percent or something like that. Josh, or, yeah, jo- could, Josh is our biggest bot. I'm proponent. the most optimistic. Yep. But also, <sighs> if um, if it flops more, then once we tweet about that, people were going to listen to the episode to find out why. 
So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's good. That's it's true. good for That's true. no press is bad, bad press. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. But you say that. You say that. We'll see. <laughs> now it's um Cortland's up. Okay. okay. Uh, uh yeah, I don't I I don't have a long dissertation. I the, the the songs got stuck in my head. I think there's a lot of catchiness to it. Dan Hasseltine, Hasseltine, Hasseltine. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I think he's brilliant. I think that I'm a big fan of Jars in general. This uh, this album for me is a flop. I I, I wouldn't listen to it again. Ooh. Probably ever. What? <laughs> wow, you had me going, Courtney. Oh was my god! Greatness. I just oh, that was really good. I, we might have to do a whole podcast episode where <laughs> yeah, I lecture you about that decision. I just didn't like it. Oh uh, yeah, you guys are gonna have to do a follow up. <laughs> Yeah, causing riffs left and right. Mm, So I got nothing else to say. I'm going to turn it to TJ. All right. Well, producer Megan, who's going next? Who's next? No, it is TJ. I I would. I'm speechless. But yeah, Megan. Megan wants to go last. All right, TJ, where are you at? So much, much like Kylan said. I think. I think the three of us at CJ and Studios Incorporated headquarters. Mission Control, like to give albums a fair shake and really like engage with them, listen to them, you know, bathe in them, if you will, eat, drink, sleep, sink in them, jars of clay. (laughs) Yeah. Tie strings to them and dance around like a puppet. And I did that because I thought, man, these thereafter homies are really cool people. And this album has got to be just like next level. And it was next level. It was the level of a band that got a really big budget for a string section that they decided to spend almost half the album's runtime just giving us outtakes of conversations about the safety of minivans. I was so perplexed. I was I was floored. Um, I didn't understand why this was a choice that was made. I was uh, really curious about it, and it was kind of fun to just like listen to people's what's it called uh, water cooler talk. Mm. <laughs> but uh, so that you know, for like a maybe ASMR kind of um, experience, like I'll bop that. Yeah, but that's not what we're asking. No, I know that. I know that. <laughs> so I'll bop the water cooler talk as an ASMR experience, and we can unleash the fury of the internet but I got to flop this album. So all three CJN hosts have, have officially flopped an album. Wild. (laughs) So, wow. How do I follow that? I also wanted to say, I love that there's like a whole 40 minutes of like a regular album, but the, 15 minutes of string outtakes is like our one takeaway from it. That's what happens when you end an album like that. Like, you know, it leaves a weird taste in your mouth. Yeah. It's like the last scene of a movie. Like, even if it's a bummer movie, if it ends on like a high note, you're like, Oh wow, that was a really good movie. You know, because as humans, that's just like what we do. We connect to like our most immediate Recent. previous experience yeah <laughs> that's true all right megan i i want to know uh <laughs> how you feel about this record oh like are we talking about how i feel about the record or how i feel about y'all 
You can talk about <laughs> everybody. Please, yeah, yeah, talk yeah. as much shit as you I'm want. I'm just kidding. I'm here for it. No, I, I, you know, like I've talked about it this whole time. Like I haven't held back, and it's been, it's nostalgic for me. It's, yeah. um, and I, I was actually the only way that it would have bopped is if, if, the, if it had been triggering. Um, and right. it, and the, with the it exception of flopped. the one song, or that would have flopped. Yes, yeah, sorry. The only way it would have flopped. With the exception of the one song, Worlds Apart, that I, I had to contend with, um, the rest was so nostalgic. And and not just the concerts, but like I said, like the part of life that it went through with mm, me. Yeah. And so I think I have to bop it. Like I have to. I couldn't not. Um, right. So, um, and but I get it because I think there's definitely albums that I've come to. Like, you know, Corlin has has been like, oh, you gotta like this has been so meaningful and I don't connect with it as much because it I didn't live through that same life with mm. that artist. And so right. I think that I get that, you know? Yeah. Curse your branches. Not yeah, saying I, you didn't I like wasn't curse gonna your say branches. that, but that, that was that. No, but I that is my album where I'm like curse your branches like I've just like I overhype it to everyone because that right. album like was the album so many of us. No, it's so good. That album was like yeah. fuck man. So, so Megan, would you say it's like a deep kind of experiential bop? Like, cause you're just so tied to it. Like, yeah, I, I, I could see where if I picked it up, if like 2023 Megan had never heard it before mm-hmm. and just picked right. it up and started listening to it, I probably would not have the same opinion at right. all. Or if you had like had any other experience with late j- Jars, which you abandoned for <laughs> Bethel or something, uh, maybe you would have had a different opinion. It's a slippery that slope. That's, that's 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 for me. What like really does it is like the later jars to me is like so good that yeah. it really made me go into this with a higher standard that I probably mm-hmm. should have had. Mm. Yeah, I stopped yeah. after Much Afraid. It's so interesting. Okay, I hear that. But yeah. I love all these results because yeah, it's this is fascinating. Yeah, I know. We all had to, for a variety of reasons, had to justify our answers, which is quite fascinating to me. So we have four, four flops and one bop. Wild. Wild. Way to stay true, Megan. Way to stay yeah. true. But we yeah. also had a really Respect. good time. And we also, that's the most important thing because that's, you know, if you're playing CGM bingo, take a drink. That's the beauty of this podcast. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Is that, is that like we, it's about the friends you make along the way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, okay. So we talked about this in the first part one, but like, I was so excited about part one and I was I had so much fun that I was tweeting about it the next day. I called John Steingard. I was telling him about it. <laughs> yes. And then when I did have lunch with Derek, I told him all about it. And I was yes. like, you have no idea. They had this game, jars, jars of play. <laughs> like it was amazing. And and he was like, that does sound pretty amazing. And and um, yeah, so he like he, we we and then we talked about um the Cayman's Call album. We were like, oh, mm-hmm. we should have done that, you know. 40 acres. I I'm just say it here is a bop. I don't all have right. to listen to it. Listen to it <laughs> no, this, not this that's a different album. Already. The Cayman's Call isn't there a self title with Lead of Love and This that, World? Yeah, but that's that. not my oh, album. 
my al- my <laughs> Cademan's album is my if I left the zoo of Cademan's call. Is we are again. We are again. Okay, so the album. Corlin, that's like our season gonna... two of our podcast. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. keep recording all if night I left long. The zoo, season one, uh, Forty Acres, season two. Uh, I keep okay. seeing all this shit on Twitter of like. To make your podcast successful, be super niche. And it's like, okay, bitch, you want to see how niche I can <laughs> get? Me. Like, let's get Watch niche. me. Like, let's do let's it. Let's get let's it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Cool. Guys, thank you so much for yeah. coming on. Thank I am so beyond curious how this episode is going to go over. But I will say <laughs> I have enjoyed every, every single second of this conversation. And yeah. I love yeah. that we listen to this record. And uh, you guys are now our our jars of clay correspondents. So yeah, and your favorite guests. Well, yeah. Our, yeah, of course, yeah. obviously, we, we obviously, <laughs> obviously, we can't wait to come back. Yes, we will definitely have you guys back. Um, do you guys want to talk? I know we did it in part A, but uh, you guys want to talk a little bit about your podcast and various other things you have going on online, so we can Ooh. let people know. Because once again, like I said, uh, as a human being, we we attach to our most immediate experiences. So we should do plugs at the end. We have a podcast. It's called Thereafter. It's great. It it's great. very deconstruction-y. It's super queer. We love it. Yeah. And um, we are going to have, um, Corlin doesn't know this yet, but probably February, March, a CCM Zoom karaoke night and with a couple special guests. Ooh. And you never know, maybe Dan will be there. And I'm not joking. That's come up in conversation. So invite us. We want to come hang yeah. out and do that. Oh, look for that. Come hang um, out. It'll be a good time. <laughs> Kevin and I and I run that. And usually what we do is um, Kevin and I works in homelessness um, services. And usually we ask for like, if people can, like a five buck donation to the awesome. work that he does. And if not, you know, still come. So um, we'll put that out there on the social soon. But um, if you want to connect with Cortland and I, we do every Tuesday morning deconstruction coffee hour. So on Twitter on spaces, Twitter. live audio chats. Nice. So. Yeah. And Sounds follow like Megan. Time. She needs to get to 10,000 followers. Woo! She's been like on the verge of 10,000 followers like since I met her. Yeah. And she's like, no, people keep Elon leaving. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. People keep leaving Twitter and her follower account keeps going down. She's like, I got 200 new followers. I got 300 people left. I know. I had lunch so, with somebody today and they followed me after lunch. So. There you go. There you go. We're all doing the work a little bit at a time. Yeah. <laughs> One step at a time. Yeah. That's that's all. The I pursuing have. life. Yeah. If you want to follow, yeah, me I was on. gonna ask what what what's your Twitter handle? All the socials: the pursuing life, Instagram, Twitter, even Facebook. Corlin, where can people find you? I'm Corlin Coffee. I'm I'm Corlin Coffee. I'm the only one, and uh, that makes me extremely Googleable for better or for worse. So <laughs> yeah. you can pretty much find out anything about me, <laughs> uh, and I'm on all the socials. Yeah, and look Red. forward. Pretty soon to Corlin and I's new podcast, Puzzle Buddies. Yeah, um, Puzzle Buddies. <laughs> where they talk about name. how Taking Back Sunday went downhill. It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> Can um, I come on as a guest to talk about like what you do when a dog eats a, a piece of your 1,000-piece puzzle? Oh, my God, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we get Abraham Piper to come on for that episode, too? <laughs> that would be fun. Because he does that, puzzles. He makes puzzles. I love that. Okay, guys, uh, I think that's going to be it for us. Follow us on all the socials at Church Jams Now. Uh, if you like this, we have lots of other fun things happening on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Church Jams Now podcast. Of course, may all your favorite bands stay together and peace out, Monfrey. Peace, 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 peace.